and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, how you feeling today? Actually a little tired, but it wasn't that bad of a day, but the wind is kicking my butt. That's right. You know, that's one of the... That, that's exactly where I was going to go with this, because <laughs> one of the joys of living in New Mexico is that, you know, we don't have very scary natural disasters. You know, we don't have hurricanes. We don't we have got tornadoes. flash floods are mainly we, the scariest thing. Flash floods, but we definitely have wind. Oh, like, and it's not just... Like wind. There's times where we can get up to hurricane force wind, yes. 80 mile per hour winds. Yep, yep, easily, yeah. And today, you know, it was, the wind wasn't that bad. Maybe it topped to 30. Maybe. Well, yeah, no, but, it got worse uh, the further along the day you got. Right. And I had to drive home in a cargo van. No, so. yeah, no, it, it definitely got worse. But what makes it even worse here in New Mexico is that it kicked up all the dust. Oh, and the pollen, and basically just all the weeds. So I can almost guarantee that I'm a little raspier than I normally am. I'm I'm congested, I'm not going to even deny, and it's just because I was perfectly fine all day, (laughs) then I worked out in the wind, and... And then it all went down... It it all went downhill for me, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's rough, so... Anybody who's listening to this live or in the future, in the future. if we sound a little off, that's why. So, uh, pull the curtain back a little. It is February 15th. That's right. This episode is going to air March 11th, I believe. Yeah. Yep, be. March 11th. And our windy season has already started, and it's like four or five weeks early. But it was like 78 degrees out <laughs> Oh, it sucked. In February. I, I liked how warm it was. No. You, well, you work you inside. Were, I work inside. <laughs> so I enjoyed the sunlight through my roof. I had to bust out the um, the sunscreen already. It's February. <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't know, have right. to bust out sunscreen. Well, I just like that it's finally getting warmer because we had a, quite a bit of a cold spell there for like, the longest time. We had snow uh, like yeah. a that was our annual snowfall. Two, two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, not even two weeks ago. It, yeah, it would be two weeks and Thursday because I had like uh, like that Thursday off. I was supposed yep. to work it and they called us off because mm-hmm. they didn't want us driving around in the snow. <laughs> Fine. I don't want to drive that truck in the snow anyway. Right. I have a buddy of mine who lives, who, who moved here from Chicago. Yeah. And he was amazed that, because he's working as a substitute teacher right now. And he was actually quite surprised. He sent, he put a Facebook post where he took a picture of the snow, quote unquote, <laughs> and like a couple little piles in his front yard. He was like, they really, really shut down schools for this <laughs> and sending it to all of his uh, Chicago. How, how long has he been living out here? Um, only a few months, which is why. Yeah. Yeah. The the reason why yeah. we shut down is because people know how, know how to drive in that. <laughs> Not just that though. Like we don't have, first off. New Mexico doesn't have really rain gutters. It's kind of pointless to have them here in New Mexico, which makes we're sense. We're a desert, are, you know. There are a few. Yeah. But what people don't realize hey, is that... They're, but they're not for rain. It's for someone bust a pipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's for when something's leaking, no, uh, which is the most waterfall we get. Yeah. But no, what it really is for is because of... Or not the rain gutters, but the, the problem why they shut down all these schools and businesses... Is because all of the natural oils that build up in the roads are kicked up whenever there's rain and or mm-hmm. especially snow. snow like ice yeah. is super common here. 
even with there's very little ice, is because it'll bring out all of that oil that a lot of people don't realize how incredible. Oh. It's way more dangerous than if you got it consistently. And and not just that, uh, we don't have the infrastructure for like even just a slight amount of snow. We don't right. have like vehicles that will salt the roads right. and the, the kill all that. Yeah, yeah, we have to wait till the sun takes care of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, I think we have like a single snow plow and a single salting. Yeah, not truck. where we live. We do. We do. I think I've seen it once or twice before. No. We have to borrow it. The last yeah. time we got, like, the big snow, it had to actually come down south. Oh, really? So we get it from other parts of the state? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Because we don't get it all the time. There's no point keeping it down here. Right. Exactly. That, that makes sense. Like, the, they would have to repair the vehicle every time this happens. Yeah, and it's funny because we got called off. Uh, there's another team that was doing their job. They actually took the one job we had on that day. Yeah. And they had to go out to a northern part of town, the one that ha- is connected to the lake. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they got a lot of snow up there. <laughs> I believe it. I'm like, oh, good, because that's where we had to go. So I'm glad right. I got to stay home and <laughs> have a four-day weekend. No, yeah. So I had a four-day weekend and then because of the snow. And then I had a three-day weekend because they didn't have us uh, work uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, that makes sense. They don't want us on the road when people are drinking. How was your Super Bowl, by the way? I enjoyed it. I was just chill. Uh, I had a bout of insomnia that Saturday, so I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed home. We ordered a pizza and just chilled. Right. Do you guys have a good Valentine's Day with you and your wife? We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. No? No. My wife hates Valentine's Day. Good on her. She she, wants to talk with her more often. She's like, (laughs) it's just a corporate money grab. You know what her favorite day is? Yes, but. Today. Because all the candy's on sale. <laughs> That's fair. And our actual dating anniversary, our fir- uh, anniversary of our first date is tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so so that, that's more important for yeah. sure. And honestly, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow because I have game, uh, tomorrow's game night. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awkward. Should we cancel? Or? No, she's fine with it. Okay. Well, was... Yeah, she's like, so when are the guys coming over tomorrow? <laughs> your marriage game or your marriage anniversary, I'm sure, is more important. Oh, yeah. That's in back uh, in November. And the thing is with the, the, the wife, she enjoys when I have game night over because then she could just chill in the bedroom, watch whatever she wants, and doesn't get bothered. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? So that, that that's what cracks me up is that my wife had a great retort to this. I she she likes valentine's day mm-hmm. like me i'm i'm not against like valentine's day per se mm-hmm. what i don't like is how frustrating it is trying to get like maybe a dinner reservation oh, going out especially going out in crowds now i'm still not comfortable with it much mm. less yeah. jam packed like restaurants where you're waiting 30 minutes yeah well, well, and and so i i tried to pull the cards like well you know how about this valentine's day you plan it she's like no ain't gonna happen I'm like well why do i have to plan it and she's like, because you're missing our anniversary this year to go to your convention. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, I I want to argue against that, but I was like, all right, I'll, I'll plan it then. <laughs> it's a work convention. Yeah, it, it's a work event. It's still our anniversary on, <laughs> on that Monday that we're going to be out. So it, I don't blame her for that. Or no, it's not going to be the Monday, is it's, it? Uh, it will be the Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So that day of the convention... It, it just so happens that this convention always falls on our anniversary, but this is the best one for me to get to. Yeah. And it's not just that. It's also because you work for a retail store. They actually kind of need you to go, too, because yep. you're going to know more of the lingo and what's right. going on, too. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, the, the owner, he's a comic guy and a toy guy. He doesn't really understand board games all that much because yeah. he's like, I got people for that. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, everybody has their specialty, yeah. you know, and... and 
it's like when we go to our local bookstore and there's always the shelves from recommended from different people. Those are very different books that are yeah. recommended. And some you'd read and you're like, eh, I don't see why they like it. But that's how you. And this way I'm going, I'm tagging along for the fun of it. But also I could be uh, tell the owner to be like, don't listen to him. These are the games the people like. These are the games he likes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, he actually sent me an email not too long ago saying, hey, look at, through this catalog. Uh, request request the games that you think will sell. So I sent him a short list. I was like, all right, these five I really think will sell. These three, can you order one for me? <laughs> I can't guarantee they'll sell, but I would like a copy. <laughs> I will buy it personally. So, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and start. This way yeah. more people have an idea of what's going on. Let's talk the giveaway first before we get into everything. Okay. Uh, because I haven't even told you the secret word of the day. No, and I'm not going to know about it till later. I'm excited. Well, till now. We're going to do it right now. But no, let's wait. No, no, no. We're going to do it right now. right now. Yeah, we're going to do Are it right you now. Sure. Yeah. Tell them how to enter. All right. So here's how you're going to enter. There's a lot of ways that you are can automatically be entered into this contest, and there's a lot of ways that you can add in more tickets for it. So what we're going to do, we're calling it tickets. It's not really tickets, but you have a number of entries that you can do it. First off, if you subscribe to us on Twitch, meaning you're probably watching it us live right now, then just being a subscriber on Twitch, one of the 102, I think, that we have right now, followers, Something like automatically that, yeah. enters you uh, for each person. Secondly, if you want another chance to be part of it, if you are a YouTube subscriber, that gives you an automatic ticket. Thirdly, if you follow us on Twitter, Twitter at EBG Podcast, at EBG Podcast, you are also uh, an automatic ticket. So that, that's already, you can have multiple times to enter. But now, if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, go back and listen to a few more after you're done with this episode. Because the past four episodes, including this one, we have been giving out a keyword. And each of those keywords you have a chance to email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com with the header horrified. We'll explain why in a minute. And in the body, put your name and put our keyword for each of those episodes. Okay. One email each. Okay. So each keyword, send a se separate email. Each of those will be an, uh, an additional ticket. Exactly. If you've heard the previous episodes, you know what those keywords are. I'm not going to spoil it here. Because, of course, we're trying to get people to listen to our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Of course. <laughs> but real quick, let's just talk about what we're going to be handing out, too. I know you're anxious to say the keyword, but let, let's give them a reason. Daniel here has an additional copy of Horrified from Ravensburger, American Monsters. Not sponsored. Not sponsored by Ravensburger. This is out of his own pocket, and we're going to be paying for our for the shipping to one of our listeners because we appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Continental USA. Just Continental FYI. USA, please, because shipping is crazy expensive right now. Uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't enter. If you're outside the U.S., still please enter. Yeah. Um, and if we just if you happen to win, we'll figure it out. But we really want you guys to have a copy of this game that we've enjoyed so much, and we want to share this experience. So this is a chance to get a free game. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. No, no weird conditions. We just want you to enjoy our podcast, enjoy this game, and so that's how you're going to enter. So, Daniel, what is this mythical, like, keyword that I don't know about? Where are we going? When oh, we're leaving, that's when right. this episode airs, where are we going? That's right. We are going to a, an industry board game convention called gamma so our code word is gamma g-a-m-a -A. yep the game and manufacturers association i believe yeah. 
Something uh, like that, yeah. Yeah, it's something to that effect. But it's an industry. It's basically E three for board games. Exactly. Is really, what the the or are. the New York Toy Fair for board games and stuff right. like that. Exactly. Industry insiders, retailers, all go in there. We're gonna go uh, promote the podcast, of course. I'm going with my store. And also to promote so, promote some of my own games. Talk to publishers mm-hmm. that have a good old time. I'm going for fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> often than not, they announce a lot of new games or and they showcase a lot of stuff and that's, that's why over the next year and we always tend to wait for our anticipated games list for 20 um the, for this year is 2022 but for the years mm-hmm. because gamma is where they tend to announce a lot of it too that's right that's right because a lot of the stuff they're announcing is going to come later in the year because their big time for releasing games is in august <laughs> because of gen con and because uh in october because of um what is it not origins uh the european one Essen. Oh, Essen, yeah. Or the Spiel Fair. The Spiel, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, by all means, we want to go see what's coming out over the next year, and then we will report back to you. This episode is going to be airing on the 11th of March, so we don't know when that will come to come to fruition of when we do our anticipated list. Maybe we'll jump it ahead in our queue. Yeah. So, just so that way you guys can be on the cusp of it. I'm not aware of many other podcasts that are going to be there that accurate i think maybe the dice tower but it's more the channel than the podcast i think because dice tower west is right before it right so they might just send someone up there yeah yeah so there'll be some report but realistically we're going to try and bring you as much coverage as we can yeah and then again pay attention to our tiktok because we'll do short form videos there um talking about our day we may record videos in the hotel room after the night or during the night and stuff like that mm-hmm. just to put up on our youtube channel this way you can see like this is what we heard this is what we can say right um and give that information as well we're we're, we're going as much as we can to grow this podcast as well as our other um right. social media stuff that's right good deal we're looking forward to it by all means so we'll give you more updates as they arrive Good, good keyword. I like that. <laughs> Has nothing to do with our our uh, topic today, though. No, because the game is <laughs> the, the game has to do with our topic. So we just happened to stumble upon this theme, or specifically this category. Yeah, we, we were just that. looking at stuff too, yeah. and we we're just like, "Oh, we haven't done that." No, and no, then there's one game haven't. specifically that he wanted to argue and got it on this list. Was it number seven? <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that's because you were like, "Yes, we can finally argue that." I know. I've been looking forward to it. Oh no, what's going up against horrified? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I don't know. I I still feel like I could have a pretty solid. Here's argument. the thing with that number two and number seven. Uh huh. Those are only co-ops too. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the ironic part. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Can't be that bad. So our category today is uh, creature monsters. Uh, and this, you can find it under the family on Board Game Geek, Creature Monsters. Yep, exactly. So what we did is we, we found all the games that were categorized as Creature Monsters, mm-hmm. um, specifically, I, I would say more so generic monsters instead of like, we noticed that there, was, that there wasn't really any Arkham stuff on it. And not to say that those aren't monsters, but uh, Kingdom Death Monster, you know. Like well, it, yeah, that wasn't on there either. Right, exactly. And it's not because... I think what Board Game Geek is doing, and, and and we'll look at the definition here in a minute, but I really do think that the basis of that is more like generic monster as a concept. Mm, I, see, so I have like issues entities. with what you're trying to say there, because we just talked about one of them on the list, Horrified, 
Those but, aren't generic monsters. No, no, but what I mean, though, is that, like... Like... Frank, well, I was going to make the, the IP argument, but Frankenstein really isn't an IP. Yeah. it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, I suppose... I suppose they're not really monsters if they're, like, ephemeral, if they are, like, if they are, like, ethereal, if they're just concepts, you know, bigger things. Uh, I'm thinking, like, the Elder Gods is an example. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're monsters, right? But at the same time, are they really monsters? But some of the they're... games on our list here, I mean, you got, again, Horrified, which is the mo- the Universal Monsters. Those are something specific. If it was the one... That yeah. we're giving away now, yeah, sure, that could be on the list. If sure. by your definition, yeah. BGG's definition is even more vague. It says here games, expansions, promos, etc., featuring monsters in the theme or gameplay. Yeah, it's like well, what that can mean anything. Well, but then again, there might be other categories for different creatures. But here's my issue with that. There, are, and it's actually going to be one of my honorable mentions. So we'll go into it a little bit later, sure. but. This wasn't on the list, and this is in the game. It's one of the big components of that game. Yeah, okay. I, I believe you. I really do. And I don't dispute it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand why. It, but then again, it, It's also Board Game Geek. This is the same company that yeah. uh, it has one game specifically on this list, but then it doesn't have another game in the same world on this right. list. So... Yeah. This could be just one of those categories that are just uh, ignored. Or yeah. Not really, really ignored, but just uh, missed. I, I, mean, I will have to tell you this. Hmm. Uh, this category maybe is ignored on BGG, but this is a well-loved category based on our poll. We had well oh. over 100 votes today. Easily, yeah. And, that, and we normally post it the day of, as <laughs> yeah. we did today. Yeah, I posted it at it. 6 o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time. Yep. Yep, most certainly. So I'm I'm very excited to debate these. The, the last debate was posted around the same time, Mount Standard Time, and we got a total of like 20 votes. Yeah, <laughs> this one, yeah. our top two vote getters are in the 30s. Yep, absolutely. So I'm curious about. And this. I haven't even refreshed the page. That's the thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All, All right. right so um, I told you the definition. We are going to get into the people's honorable mentions. That's right. So. Coming in, we'll start at the poll first off. Hold on, let me uh, yeah, go just give it a little it. refresh. I, I'll just be talking as filler until there it's loaded. Great. So, ju- going by first the poll, we always leave it open so people can add on their own. Um, and once again, if your favorite game uh, appeared on the poll but not added by one of us, the reason we pick the games we do is we pick top highest ranked in Board Game Geek that you and I have both played. Yeah, exactly. So there might be a, a situation where one of us or both of us have not played it. Yeah. And then we'll talk about that. Um, but the first one that was added by... Um, Matt, another caveat before we get started yeah. is uh, Gloomhaven was number one on this list. But oh, yes. our rule is Gloomhaven was our year one champion, which we're getting ready to do year two. Actually, I think mm-hmm. the next top eight debate will be year two based on our um, our date. Uh, date Because it's this is the 11th. Mm-hmm. So it would be the 25th. So it was around... The, yeah, that yep. will be our second year champion. Fantastic. Gloomhaven ascended and is no longer allowed to be in our top eight debates. This way we can get yeah. fresh blood into the game. So whoever wins year two, which this is the last one for year two, yep. uh, whoever wins year two is going to ascend as well. So definitely make sure you stick around to year eight when we do a top eight debate. <laughs> of all, yeah. That's the only other time you'll hear them debated. 
at that point. Yep. All right. So the first one was added by Jorge. Um, it was Overboss, which I know you you. We'll like. talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Uh, next up, Kevin added Monster Slaughter. Now, see, I'm not familiar with this one. Yeah, I've not heard of it either. Uh, Paul put uh, one that you yeah. played. Go ahead. Yeah, Zombie Kids and Zombie Teens. Now, that also makes me wonder. Like That wasn't on the could, list. It wasn't on the list, and that probably would have been an honorable mention had I thought of it. But actually, no, probably not. It, it's a good game. It's fine for what it's doing. It, it's very simple, but it's designed for kids, so that makes sense. Yeah. The question is, zombie games aren't, are they not monster by that definition? I'm sure it's creature zombies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like uh, that effect. But yeah. I mean, you got horrified. That's my biggest thing is like you have horrified on There's this list. No Those zombies are I... horrified other than Frankenstein. Is Frankenstein a zombie in your opinion? I mean, he falls into that category, but he doesn't meet the criteria of a zombie. What do you think the criteria of a zombie is? Uh, zombie is about eating flesh and or some of them are brains or stuff like that. Yeah. But they're just a ravenous undead creature. Isn't that Frankenstein? I guess he's no, part, like, Frankenstein he's is trying to find his humanity. Ah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, Frankenstein's more of a story about a doctor playing God. Gotcha. More so, and so he created something, but he couldn't control it. What about Reanimator? Uh, to... I haven't watched Reanimator. Reanimator is basically just another telling of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's effectively he waits for a creature to die or a human to die and then brings them back to life. Yeah. So. Are they zombies? Is that a zombie movie at that point? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't consider it a zombie movie. It's more of a mad scientist movie right. than anything. Exactly. Weird science. <laughs> what about that one? Uh, it's a computer girl. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, there's a lot of problems with weird science. Let's weird not get into that. It's a ridiculous movie <laughs> and a show. Uh, so now we're going to go into the comment section. And Luke added Titan, the monster slugathon fantasy war game. Um, and he's like, uh, someone else was agreeing that they beat, beat him to it. Uh, it's a war game, so I'm not really too familiar with it. Right. Ryan added King of Tokyo Dark Edition, which we are going to be debating. Debating King, King of, of Tokyo. Tokyo, yes. Uh, Chris says he prefers King of New York, which has more mayhem and more ways to win than King of Tokyo, but it, but is not much more complicated. And I have, I beg to differ with that one. I understand that. King of New York is a more gamey game, but there is a much more complexity level than, say, something like King of Tokyo. Right. King of Tokyo, you're rolling your dice, you're trying to get points, or getting into Tokyo to get your points, or slugging the person in Tokyo. Yep. King of New York, you got to more worry about like the military, right. uh, you're getting points based on where you're at in New York. Uh, and so there's just a lot of situations in the one game I played of it. Nobody won because the military took us all out. Right. And so I don't think it's a lot more it complicated than King of Tokyo. But yeah. Point, which... But it makes it. My thing is, is like King of no, uh, Tokyo. I, I personally at one point was thinking King of New York was always the one I go to. But I, I keep going back to King of Tokyo because the simplicity of it. It's basically Yahtzee with fighting. Right, exactly. <laughs> and see, this is why I wonder, like, because it was very clearly there could have been way more dungeon crawl games oh, on yeah. this list, yeah. but they didn't. <laughs> right. Um, or even fantasy. Like, yeah, Tiny Epic Goblins, Dungeons could have been trolls. on this list. Yeah, they very well could have. So th there's a lot of, like, very um, questionable, but at least we get to debate some of these, which oh, we yeah. don't get to debate that often. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. Yeah, so, so am I. 
Uh, let's go into our honorable mention. We still got two more. Oh, do we? Yeah, Samantha. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't realize that. That I thought that was a reply to King of Tokyo. No. Oh, I love all of those. It's one of my favorite themes. Samantha, so anything with monsters in it, <laughs> Yeah, and Kristen says, this is tricky. Clank is my favorite game at the moment, and I like Horrified better than King of Tokyo. However, I do feel that King of Tokyo is the better creature game for families. No. And so I think there's a bit issue with this one is that uh, they think we're talking about family uh, games, and we might be talking about family games, but it's just the category you could find on Board Game Geek. It's right. family, subcategory, creatures, monsters. Yeah. Because they have other families where it's creatures and then birds. Wingspan will fall into that one. Or animals, birds. Yeah, animals, bears. Yeah. But with that, let's go into our honorable mentions. I will go ahead and say, first off, none of my games that I pick for my honorable mention falls on the list that they have on BGG. But they fall under the definition that BGG gave us. Okay, so you're going to have to argue your way into this. Yeah. I look forward to hearing it. I will attempt to di- or disprove you at my best ability. Let's begin. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to You know it's well. in reach, right? Oh, I know this. I know the lightsaber. <laughs> Why don't you show the viewers what the what you're referring to real quick? He always threatens me with the same object that is just out of the camera. He has a really nice lightsaber that, you know, it would be a real shame for him to ruin that nice lightsaber over my head. That's all I'm saying. It just means i got to go buy another one. That's a good excuse. <laughs> exactly. So, it's what a waste of money, though, to... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to be starting us off. So my number three... It's that trick coin again. Yeah, it is. My number three is a game called Monster Expedition. It's uh, Alexander Pfister, and it was it is an Alexander Pfister game. And it was a sequel of sorts. It's, it's kind of like a sequel of sorts to Carnival of Monsters made by Richard Garfield. Both of these oh, are from yeah. Amigo. Uh, the art on it is fantastic. Uh, honestly, you should look into Monster Expedition if you like the art. It has square cards, which I've never been a, per- a big fan of, but it, it's fine. It works for what it's doing because it's only square cards for your base. But what it is, it's a dice rolling game and a pretty simple one to an, to an effect. You have uh, three different color dice, a yellow, a green, and a blue, and then the rest are black dice, which are just normal crew dice. When you send out... Uh, you choose one of your camps to use, either yellow, green, or blue, and that will tell you how many dice you can roll, mm-hmm. which will always be one of that color plus a number of black dice that you roll as a group. Now, the black dice are just one through six, whereas the yellow, green, and blue die might be upwards to ten or like some weird combination of, of numbers because once you have rolled that number, you can then basically uh, capture any monster's that fall within that number range. So, like, if I roll a total of 32, I could get one monster that costs 20, one that costs 12. Assuming they're the same color as the camp I chose. But what's neat is that it has a bit of engine building as well. Each of those camps, if any player rolls a certain number, or if you roll a certain number, you get to upgrade it to the next level up. And each of them have one for each of the four sides, plus the back side, so a total of seven upgrades from your starting okay so that's kind of cool you're ramping that up you of course want to bump it up as much as you can but then again monsters might not appear the best way that's showing there uh so like if i have if i have a can roll a whole bunch of dice with my blue camp but there's only green monsters out a lot of good that does so that's that's really fun and the monsters score in different ways some will give you bonus dice okay (laughs) some will give you like extra little abilities by having them 
Some will let you even steal ones that are like, uh, where you can get like caged monsters where they're worth fewer, but you get a blind draw. And sometimes you can steal other caged monsters from other players. It's surprisingly good. I, I wasn't expecting much. I had heard decent things about it and I had it on my shelf of shame for quite some time. When I finally got a chance to play it, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So that was uh, Monster Expedition. Interesting. Um, it sounds pretty good. Uh, haven't played it myself. I actually, I've only played one Fister game. I own two of them. Yeah. I've only played I one. Like five Fister games and I've only played one. Two. Uh, I've only played you two. Pl you play Great Western Trail. I've only played one that I own. Okay. So I own two uh, Fister games. I've only played Great Western Trail, so that, that sounds intriguing. Yeah. yeah um, I'm, I'm noticing I'm just digging on his small stuff. That's what everybody says. I like Great Western Trial. There was some issues you have learning the game and that rule book. I want to try the newer copy because I heard they make the rule book a lot better. That's good. Because that's <laughs> that, that rule book was yeah, not good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and with my first honorable mention here. And it was already mentioned up on uh, by the fan vote. And this is Overboss, a boss monster game. Mm -hmm. Boss monster is in this list. They uh -huh. use exactly everything you can find in Boss Monster in Overboss. It's just a tile-laying game, and you're making basically the dungeon that the, the heroes have to go through to fight the bosses. Mm -hmm. You have all the creatures. In fact, you're one of the creatures. <laughs> so this should fall under that category, but it isn't, and I think it's ridiculous. Um, Overboss is a fun game. If you like uh, tile-laying games like Carcassonne and... Building a puzzle, and we were just talking about it the polyomino other day. Polyomino games. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not really polyomino. This one is literally a tile laying game. Oh, okay. But we were just playing a game, the uh, Cascadia, yes. where you're building your own grid out like, like that. The, uh, same thing, kind of, is where you're putting stuff out. You mentioned Calico is made by one mm -hmm. of the designers for Boss Monster. I or Overboss. I really enjoy Overboss a lot, and to my surprise, because I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a big fan of Boss Monster itself. It's a fine game, and I understand why people like it. Yeah, it's fine. But Overboss just blew it out of the water because I love the the mechanism. Because it's like you pick a tile, you get the piece that's on the tile, and so you're trying to build like some desert areas or some swamp areas, and you got all those monsters out there. Oh, it's a phenomenal game. I think you would enjoy it because what it does, it does a lot of stuff like Cascadia where you pick a tile in a monster resource and you're putting them in the proper places as well as tiling, which you're already a big fan of. And I think it's right. like a, either a three by three or five by five grid that you got to build. So it's like, it's, it's ticking all the boxes that you like. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely need to try this. So I say Overboss, uh, a boss monster game, should be on this list. It's a phenomenal game. In fact, the people agree with me. And the fact that boss monster is on this list and this is not bothers me a little bit. Yeah, that's understandable. So that was my number one, or number three, Overboss, a boss monster game. All right. Let's go into our number twos. Are we flipping the coin for each one? Yes. We uh, are. Sounds good. You're going to be starting us off. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so for me, my next one on this list, we have games like King of Tokyo on our list. Mm -hmm. We I saw Kaiju Crush on the, this category. Well, why is not this game on the list? All those games are based on the creatures in this game, and that's Godzilla Tokyo Clash. 
which is a kaiju game, a uh, monster right. game. Which there are other kaiju games on the list, like <laughs> yeah. Kaiju Crush from Fireside. <laughs> or, in case in point, King of Tokyo is on this list. Yeah. Why not the actual things that started the kaiju stuff? Godzilla Tokyo Clash, which is a beautiful game made by Prospero Hall, uh, has a lot of, like, it's a, a skirmisher, so if you're into games like Unmatched or uh, Funkoverse, this is another one that falls into that category. If you're not really a fan of the Funko Pops or the generic creatures that you can get in Unmatched, like the generic fantasy creatures, this one, you, you want to feel like you're a monster throwing another monster through a building and flipping a tank. Yeah. Then this is the game for you because it's literally just about taking the other guy out before uh, the time limit's over. There's a little time that da- goes down when you're flipping stuff around. Spending your cards effectively, being smart of how you're playing it. But oh my god, it's it's it makes you feel like you're playing a Godzilla movie because you you can literally grab an opponent's kaiju and throw them across the board into a building, or if you're playing like a three player skirmisher or a four player skirmisher, you could throw one of the kaiju's across the board and hit another character's kaiju, and so they all take damage. It is uh, a smash and grab, beat up your component uh, opponents, play your cards right. Phenomenal game. What's not on this list? That's surprising. And that's Godzilla Tokyo Clash. Let me ask you a question. Is Godzilla your favorite kaiju? Oh, my favorite kaiju? No. Um, King Godera is my favorite, the three-headed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I th- that and Rodan. I mean this entirely non-like, like, uh, facetiously. My favorite was Gamera. I've always liked Gamera. I don't know why. It was just something so hokey about it. That I just really enjoy, you know, and I mean that genuinely. Like, no, no, I no, actually I, no, I, 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 I believe you because it, it, it's you we're talking yeah. about. I really believe it. Another one that I find funny is that the the, the campiness of them. Mm. There's a character that looks like a Power Ranger that's yeah. in it, Jet Jaguar. So it's like, and yeah. then you have uh, uh the the Beetle one. I can never remember his name. Oh, I don't remember. Mothra is another one I really enjoy. Mothra is cool. Yeah, but so I really like those movies. In fact. Um, I own uh, all the DVDs of Godzilla itself. I want to collect yeah. like the Rodan and stuff like that. I have like volumes one, two, and three. I think it is of the older ones. I don't have any of the newer ones, but I did just randomly found one the other day messing with the stations or something like that. It was the old school Rodan one, yeah. the, the pterodactyl guy, and that was so good. I forgot how good that one is. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah Godzilla no, Tokyo Clash. We're getting on a tangent, but this saying, this game cool. should be on this they, list. They should make board games on Gamera. That'd be great. Anyway, but that's just <laughs> I would buy it. Absolutely. I knew. Yeah, I like kaiju's in general. So yeah, absolutely, it'd be a cheaper alternative than you know getting a Godzilla IP. You know, just get Gamera. Yeah, not necessarily. That's true. <laughs> it might not be. He, he's pretty big in Japan. Get it? Mm-hmm. He's pretty big. Anyway, so <laughs> my number two was actually a game that was suggested to me um, from another designer, a pretty well-known designer. Uh, his name is David Short. He designed games like uh, Dog Lover, um, Yardmaster Express, uh, Planes, and Automobiles, both from AEG. You know, there, there's quite a few games that he yeah. designed. And I had the pleasure of meeting him a number of years ago at uh, at an Arizona convention. Oh, I was gonna say Gamma. No, not Gamma. <laughs> it was at it was at the Arizona convention. It was called Rincon over in Tucson, and you know, very friendly guy, nice guy. He he tends to go there. I think to most of their events that are there. I think he's a local there. And and I was talking with him, and he suggested because he he was selling an additional copy 
That's what he said. He was like, yeah, like I'm selling this copy because I have two copies of this game. That's never stopped you before. That, right, that's never stopped me before. <laughs> but apparently he was wanting to sell his additional copy. And I played it of this game and with my kids, and we had a blast. It's called Monster Trap. Mm. I've told I had you a feeling this, this was yes. going to be on your list. Monster Trap. It's a super fun game. There's something really ridiculous about it, and I love how, how silly it is. The idea is you are you are working in teams. You and one other player are trying your best to get as many of these monsters to the trap in the center of the board as possible. And the way you do it is that you flip over a card. Uh, I forget if it's a card or a tile, but you flip over a card, and it'll tell you where you place this little like uh, pawn figure. And you place it on the map wherever that tile is. But then you have these two sliders that are built into the board. One who, who moves it by the x-axis, one that moves it by the y-axis. And you basically clamp onto the monster, and you're trying to move it around this maze. Okay. And the walls are so, are so shallow... That is, if you move it over a wall, that thing plops over and you immediately, like, stop moving that one. You have to put it back at its spot and trying to maneuver it through this maze cooperatively and making, <laughs> like, it, it's, there's something so satisfying about this and it's such a cool gimmick that I've never seen in any other uh, game that, I mean, it probably, that's probably its only one note really is yeah. how it works, but it works really well for that game. That's Monster Trap. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting. You keep talking to me about this one. I just haven't really uh, played it, so I can't I really played make it a, in a while. Yeah, I can't make a decision on it. No. Um, another one I kind of want to just give a little shout out to. Um, I never played it. I did kickstart it, but the it made me think of it when you're talking about like family. Is uh, I think families real, would get a kick out of the game Cora Quest. It was a game made by Dan and Cora Hughes out of yeah. England during the pandemic. I backed the Kickstarter. It should be coming to retail sometime soon later this year, I guess. I think. I know it's coming into retail. I just don't know when it's going to be. But sure. uh, it's a very smart game to play with kids. I actually gave it to a friend who has younger kids to play with. So I just wanted to give it a quick shout out for people who listen. But moving on, let's do our number ones. All right. Our number one honorable mention. You'll be starting us off. Uh, my number one honorable mention is a game that I made a point to you earlier that should be on this list because it says monster on one of the components. Mm-hmm. It's probably, if I had to come up with a top 10 deck building games, it'd probably be my top three. Uh, and this one is, you can see it just right up here, Ascension. I adore this game. Um, I have a great time with this one and there's literally monsters in there that you have to fight to get victory points <laughs> so it's like there's monsters in the game it should be in this category uh, i have fond memories i have four uh different uh, what would you say expansions or units of it Something like that. i have like the the Spend yellow alone. one um yeah expand alones there we go i have the um war shadows which is the day and night one which I think is a phenomenal one. Donna Champions, which is my favorite one. I finally got a copy of it that I've been looking for because this is the one that gives you something to focus on. If you're playing a game, you have four uh, cards. You got Lifebound, you got Enlighten, Void, and Mechana. And so what this does is actually gives you leaders for each of those and you randomly draw one and it gives you like a focus, a streamline. Okay, I got the mechana leader. I want to either get mechanic cards this way I can get points because I can get my leader's card into my deck. 
phenomenal on that one because mm-hmm. and Void does things about banishing cards, allowing you to streamline your deck, get like the starting cards out for you to start doing other stuff. Uh, Makana is really about spreading the love. They, they're they're one of the better ones because you can get attack as well as um, money to buy mm-hmm. things as well. And I just really adore this game. Uh, Lifebound's all about drawing cards. Enlightens about fighting monsters. So this game is one of my favorite deck builders. You fight monsters. You're getting victory points. You're it's a, a head to head against another opponent, but you're not really attacking other opponents. Like say something like Kastar Realms. You're basically just whoever can get the most victory points at the end of the game. Your cards give you victory points. The monsters you beat give you victory points. One of the other expansions that I have, Dreamscapes, you can actually add cards from your dreamland into your deck. And these are powerful cards, but you have to get a certain resource to get them. And so that could be tricky. And then finally, I just got in the mail today the 10th anniversary edition of the first set with all new art. Thank God, because that first set was ugly as sin. It was pretty bad. <laughs> the new art is gorgeous. I'll have to show it to you later. Yes, please do. But my number one, I think, should be in this category is Ascension, because you are fighting monsters. They're generic monsters, just random artwork and stuff like that that have cool powers uh, when you beat them. Uh, but for me, this is by far one of my favorite deck builders. Good choice. Oh. I also got to mention about the fact that I made someone rage quit when I was playing on the app. It's got a phenomenal app as well. <laughs> I told you this story. Yes, you have. But go uh, ahead and share it. Uh, so I was uh, playing against one person on the app. I don't even remember the name. This has been about a year or two ago. And there's a promo in there that... Um, so he was kicking my butt. He was up like... Because uh, we were playing max points. He was up like by 20, 30 points on me. Because I was buying like some big cards that comboed pretty well. And so a monster came out that it says all the points go back into a pool if you defeat this monster and then you get 10 points out of it. So I did that. And again, he was we were close to uh, finishing the game. I think there was only 10 more uh, points in the pool. And so I put all the points in and then I just started railroading him. <laughs> By the time he raged quit, I was already up 50, 60 points ahead of him. Wow. Just because I set up my cards just properly, and I got lucky because that happened. <laughs> that yeah. that one that came out, it was it cost ten to defeat it, and so I had eighteen attack power. Wow! <laughs> so it's like, sorry, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. And so like halfway through the second round of the game, I guess you could say he just logged off. I don't blame him. <laughs> And you complain about when you play against me in Carcassonne. Ooh, buddy. You destroyed life right there. My thing is, it was just a happenstance. That monster just came out. Like, he took the card and it flipped up. And I'm like, oh, I can beat that right now. <laughs> it's just, I got lucky, honestly. That when we talk about luck, there is luck in this game. But, oh, I love that. that. That Talking about memorable moments, I made someone rage quit nap. And, Honestly, I don't have a good win-loss record on the app <laughs> because I just do weird things. I'm like, okay, this is good. Okay, I'm going to try this. Yeah. I'm a chaos variant. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to see if I can make a decent engine different ways. Right. That just happened to come into my favor. Honestly, I think I still would have won just because of the cards I got in my deck. I got some really high-power uh, point yeah. cards. That makes sense. <laughs> good deal. Am I uh, number one is a game that has been recently reprinted and... I you haven't played this yet, and I want oh, okay. I wanted I want you to try it, and I might have to end up getting the new reprint 
just because the old art is not bad. It's from Fantasy Flight. It was part of their Silverline game. Oh, um, it's a two-player game then, huh? No, no, it's a there's multiplayers. Um, it was part of their silver line because it, it's really just a deck of cards and some tokens. Oh, okay. It's a well, smaller game. Yeah, it is a smaller game, It, but the reprint, they completely revamped art from Next Move, or uh, Plan B Games. Gorgeous art. They made two different editions. Oh, is this the Kinesia one? Yes. Oh, this okay. is, the remake is Equinox. This one is Colossal Arena. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way the game works is that you have... A series of monsters that were set up um, at the beginning of the game. Effectively, what you're trying to do is you are trying to bid on on these monsters that are competing in arena, and you're trying to figure out who's going to be in the top three, and whoever has the most points out of, out of the top three win. And so it starts off with there being eight monsters. You deal them out, and they have reference cards, and you deal them out in a long line. And on a player's turn, you just simply play a card from your hand that matches one of the monsters and you play it in their spot. And they'll have numbers that vary, uh, anywhere from like 1 to whatever the max is, let's say 12. I don't remember if that's actually it or not. But you, you have the idea that yeah, you have yeah. different levels of monsters. Because you're just going to be playing out one card at a time until every monster in that level has had a card placed, placed on them. And whoever immediately has the lowest... The number is eliminated for that round. So out of the eight monsters, the next round, there's only seven left. And so you're doing that until you have three monsters remaining. It's not last person standing. It's just the three monsters and whichever has the three highest numbers on it work. But what makes this game so interesting is every monster that's included in the game has its own special ability. And it's not just the eight monsters. There's like 12 to 16 monsters you can choose from. And you mix and match which monsters and which abilities you play with each game. So there's a lot of replayability. And, and in between the rounds, you're betting on who you think is going to be... Who, you're, who you think is going to outlast everybody based on the cards that you have in your hand, too. So, obviously, the earlier you vote and, and place your bets on certain monsters, the more points you're going to get... If you're right. So if you're if you ever bet on something that gets eliminated in the first five rounds, well then you just don't get points for it. Simple as that. But only the three that remain, whoever has the most points from there. It's a smart design. That mechanism is really neat. Just very simple. You play a card, then whenever everybody has a card, and you can cover up ones. Like if you want like the, the Kraken to outlast everybody and you play like a nine on it. I could play a two on top of it. I absolutely could. There's no reason not to if I wanted it eliminated. And so you're doing that, but you can also, it's not a guarantee because one, they might not have the card and two, you could be forcing the end on it as well or, or purposefully putting a low card on something that they're obviously going for because they've already bet rounds before. It's so cool. I want to try the new version. I really do. Um, you keep seeing it. I, I always assumed you were going to pick one up and you just keep like, no, I'll get this. It's instead. because I have Colossal Arena. It, it's but because I have the original one. The and new that, one looks so much prettier. It does look so much better. But that one, uh, the old Silverline games from Fantasy Flight, like the, the art is fine. You know, it's good for, it's Fantasy Flight. Yeah. It's decent art. But the fact is those sell for crazy expensive because now they're out of, most of them are out of print. Some of them are pretty darn rare. You know? Why can't you have both? 
it would be the same argument of why I kept like flip ships over, or why I well, do traded you have both flip copies ships. of Horrified. Well, th- those are sequels. Those play differently. <laughs> they do. They they play very. Yeah, differently. the monsters play differently, but it's, it's still a pickup and, and the deliver board game. is different. Yeah, no, I mean it's the same basic idea. Less right? typos in the original. Less typos in the original. <laughs> that's right. But no, I mean this is a totally different edition. So much to the point that they have different names. And I don't know, other than that, I don't know, like, what monsters have been changed or not. And and I know that that small little card game is worth, like, 50 bucks easily by itself. Yeah. Just because it's so rare now. Um, that's the only reason I haven't done it yet, honestly. I probably will, just because I really do want the new Especially art. Especially if you found it, like, in another Bookman's run or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I most certainly would. But I did, since you mentioned an honorable mention uh, or shout-out game, I wanted to bring up one that I thought thematically both doesn't and works perfectly makes sense <laughs> and that's a game i played recently that we got called fearsome floors okay. i finally played it but well, it's it's actually on the list fearsome floors yeah we're not arguing or debating it though. oh no but i'm saying you could have put it yeah. in your honorable mentions it, it was on the list I, there's a reason i didn't right it because the game works you you're being chased by a monster yeah technically it's really just a you know a thing that eliminates players and it moves in a weird way like so, it's like abstractly, it's like yeah, I guess it's a monster, but really your your goal is to avoid it, and it makes sense. But it's just like eh, you know whatever. It's like not you don't feel impending doom. But what makes it amazing though, at the same time, is they include you have to put together your Frankenstein like monster at the beginning of the game, and they include a bunch of different styles of body parts. So you make your <laughs> own monster, and there's even enough to make two if you're really crazy. If you wanna, if you wanna just be ridiculous about it, you could absolutely make two monsters and just be absolutely decimated by the end of the game. I love that fact of it. Like you're just piecing together the physical 3D monster that that, that moves throughout the game. That's it's awesome. That's why I had to give it the shout out. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. I know you haven't played it yet. I honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. I know you said that you were excited to honestly, try it. Yeah, I wasn't excited to try it, but well, I'm willing to try it. I I don't think you would like it. If you want me to well, be absolutely honest, of course. With you. Who, who's the designer? Freedom and Freeze. But no, you. you I've like one yeah. game. Yeah, and I, and that one's ugly as sin. Too. I don't <laughs> think this will win you over. Like it, it's a fine game. It was on the list. It was ranked high enough for it. Yeah. Um, but what I want to try it with more players. I only played it with three. A lot of people said that it works really well with six and seven players. Because uh, I played for Freeman Freeze. I played Friday uh, Fear. Uh huh. I also played uh, Fast sand. Loss, Fine Sand, and what Power is... Grid. Well, the, yeah, Power Grid. What is the other one? The Futuropia. Yeah. I've only liked one, so mm-hmm. I just not like I'm not giving him a shot. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Oh, I'm speaking just giving you that heads up because I... Speaking of a game, uh, I know it's not off the topic here, but I do have to say I finally found a Prospero Hall game I did not like. Really? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You told me about Caro, this. Caro. I... Oh, man. It I is. Like it, it is. Though. It's too lucky. Like mm-hmm. I told you, like my first roll, four fires. Yep. So it's just like, uh, and then like, there's a distinct first player advantage. Yes. Very much so because it's like, okay, you got to look at all the cards. Okay, that's what I'm going to go for. Well, oh man, you took the things that give you like the dice, like the red die and the yellow die. Mm-hmm. Now I I have to pay to get those die instead of getting them for free in my rolls. And then the one time I paid for the yellow die, fire. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's like I had, but, but dice also really hate you. 
Yeah, and then it's also because it's a speed game, so you got to yep. roll your dice quickly. Um, and then the the one time I could re-roll them, all I did was throwing fire. Yeah. It, it's a shame, I know. Like, yeah, I, it, it's just I was not having a good time. I uh, my buddy liked it, so I let him finish it or, or let us finish it. But I was just like, I'm not gonna play this again. It's yeah. just it's too lucky, and there's not a lot of things that you could do to mitigate it because the things that allow you to mitigate it, if they're shuffled and all the way at the bottom, you're screwed. Yeah, I had uh, my two tokens were free refills. That's all I had. I had one token that allowed me to get a. a I think a special color die or something. Yeah. And then another one that allowed me to reroll fire to or dice. And then the other two were free refills. And yeah. it's just like, mm, no. Yeah. While he's like stockpiling the area control area, getting all the stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, yep. <laughs> there's nothing to mitigate all this. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if, yeah, it, the the luck just didn't turn in your favor, but I almost wonder if you'd like if you would have liked it much better. No, but, if even if I, I was lucky as well, I don't like games where you can't mitigate that kind of luck. Right, that's fair. Because like right. I mean, you we'll, can we'll mitigate play a heavy strategic like, prosper like, like uh, 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 trapper keeper soon. Actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. That one's yeah. a set collection game. Maybe I'll bring it tomorrow. Right, I haven't read works. the rules yet, man. Right. Yeah, okay. All right, let's move All on right. to the top eight debate. Uh, let's go over, do we want to do the criteria or what's in the top eight debate? Uh, let's go over what's in the top eight debate. Okay. We're going to talk about our top eight games that were highest ranked on boardgamegeek.com with the exception of Gloomhaven and the ones that we've both played. We have our number one seed, Clank. A deck building game. Uh, actually a deck building adventure is what it says. Uh -huh. Uh, going up against our eight seed, Boss Monster. All right. Our number two seed, Horrified. This one hurts me. Our number seven seed, Castle Panic. Yep. These are my two favorite games on this list. Yep. Same here. Number three seed, Dungeon Pets. Versus our number six seed, Tidal Blades. This and, is probably my least favorite bracket. <laughs> and our number four seed, King of Tokyo. Going up against our fifth seed, Rampage, otherwise known as a terror in Meeple City. That's right. That's the actual copy you can get nowadays, a yes. terror in Meeple City. Right. Though... Our buddy Dom at Bookman's was able to get an original copy of Rampage. Yep, and he hopped on it. <laughs> yeah. You don't own it, right? No. You? So you're the only one of us four that doesn't own it. Yeah, and I probably won't. Yeah, you didn't. I don't need to, all three. Because right. We, we talked about this. What are our gaming library rules? My wife can't stand that game. But now, imagine if we had four copies and we put them all together and I took all the blue monsters, you took all the green, all four of them. We have Epic Rampage. Oh, no, that would be good. We're going to have to take out that one card that makes... Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. We'll take out the acid breath. <laughs> Not during COVID. Now, now it's more acidic. No, it's, it's terrifyingly so. Yep. All right. So how do we actually break these down? Let's talk about that. So we... If we can't come to a mutual agreement, we normally break it down into several criteria, and we use these as well, part of Frequently. our arguments as well. Uh, the first one is ease of play. How simple and familiar the mechanisms are. Um, if it's going like based off of roll and move or Yahtzee, then it's understandable like yeah. how to how to roll dice. And Most whatnot. people know what to do with Yahtzee. So. Exactly, exactly. So the simplicity <laughs> and familiarity it's a it's a good thing to have for ease of play. I think that kind of goes without saying. Uh, likelihood to get to the table either uh, <laughs> by mechanism or theme which unfortunately kind of all these have the same theme <laughs> no i mean more or less more, more or, less. or less more or less and then finally how not or how prone are players how, how likely are players going to have analysis, analysis paralysis, paralysis while playing the game this and what is a we detriment mean, 
yeah, this is a detriment. What do we mean by analysis paralysis? That means that because of the number of options and what options you're given, you start freezing up as a player. That could either mean an overwhelming amount of options, an underwhelming amount of options, or, or just so many strategic choices <laughs> that it bogs the game down. Like that will rack your brain and cause other people to be taken out of the experience because of it. Next on our criteria list is replay value. This means the length of time is scaling well. Does a two-player game play as well as a four-player game, as well as does it add a lot of time? Uh, next up is minimum number of plays for a full experience. Uh, a campaign-style game is going to have a better shoe-in for this, but you can get games like, is it the first game play, you know how to play it, and it's not really going to change much, or is there things that are going to come up that you could see differently each game play? And finally, expandability. Already existing expansions, up to one possible future expansion, or confirmed by the designer or publisher of expansions coming out. And our next category is Meaningful Choice. <laughs> It goes, more often than not, it kind of is the opposite of ease of play, but not always. Meaningful choice is how well, first off, do you have uh, the ability to impact other players' strategies? Or are you just playing like a multiplayer solitaire game? Or like a worker you placement. Know. Did you take a spot that they want because yeah. you needed the resources as well? Yeah. Or would you choose to do that to, to detriment their play? Yeah. That, that's, that is a fair strategy. Um, how well can you impact your long-term strategy? Is the choices that I make at the beginning of the game going to affect what I do later on in the game? And finally, do arbitrary choice make an impact on the game? Once again, this goes into if, if all the choices are good or all of them are bad. Like, could you... Uh, a, a great example of this is Cards Against Humanity. I used to play it random because I would do better than if I was mm -hmm. actually thinking about what I played. Don't play Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, it's not very good. But that's... That's a good point. It was completely arbitrary. I just showed up for for poop jokes is really all it was. Well, yeah. Uh, no, if you guys enjoy it, enjoy yeah. it. I'm not going to yuck someone else's yum, but I just, I don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. It's just, it was fun the first time I played it, and then I saw the jokes again. And, and, like, and my okay. thing is, is I'm 37 years old. This yeah. kind of humor just doesn't. Right. Well, see, I can appreciate some really dumb humor, and I did like that. <laughs> The first time I played it, but it's like hearing the punchline of a joke again. Yeah, it's just, there's or so many times the, you can hear, hear the mystery movie. Yeah, the like clue. I love the movie, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like it's not a surprise anymore. I still have to say, Clue is probably my favorite board game movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that probably mine too. I haven't seen Battleship. Don't. I know for a while there was actually talks of a Monopoly game or not there was Monopoly talk movie. Of, uh, there was a talks of Settlers of Catan movie. Yeah, that I would see. <laughs> I doubt it'd be very okay. good, but I would totally see it. All right, so the next criteria, <laughs> we always get off tangent, so the no. next criteria we have is game immersion. Does the game fit the category best, this case monsters, or does the theme match the mechanism? This one we're going to probably have to interchange each time because a lot of them have monsters in it. Yep. So does the theme of the game itself match the mechanism yeah. the way does the game Does it feel works? like you're fighting monsters or being monsters? <laughs> monsters, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, the, for once, it's going to be interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, next up is player interaction. This includes table talk. Uh, more so is it you're like a push your luck. You're egging someone on or you actually are getting into the role of your character that you're playing. And finally, memorable moments. And we were just mentioning about uh, earlier when I talked about Ascension, I had a memorable moment because I made someone rage quit on the app. Yep. <laughs> These are memorable moments that you could talk yep. about and tell stories to friends. 
Alright, and the final category is art and production. First off, the art. We know this is subjective, but some are very clearly better than others. Speaking of which, I'll say it again. Ascension, their first the deck, the art was yeah. atrocious. The 10th anniversary about it, I'm glad they revamped it because it's much better. Yeah, uh, The pieces and components, how well they are. And not just their effect on the gameplay, but specifically just how good quality. So we could include like the box, for example. Yeah. You know, if the box is just a really flimsy quality, we're going to knock it a couple points. Uh, but the, the best one for that is uh, Restoration Games, um, the Volcano one. Oh, yeah, the uh, Fireball Island. Yeah, how it had box. a corrugated cardboard box, Whoa. which I get what they were going for. They're trying to be nostalgic, but it was a garbage box. And <laughs> so it was we really frustrating to use. Yeah, that would be a knock. And then finally, graphic design. This is definitely the most important out of mm-hmm. these, and this is why this matters. Um, I... That was one thing about... I played uh, uh, Don't Talk to Strangers, the third in that Stephen Rhodes trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two sets of pieces are almost identical in color. Because mm. they're supposed to be blue and purple. I couldn't tell. I really couldn't. And that is a big knock. That, mm-hmm. is, that is a terrible thing to happen in a game. If you don't care about colorblindness, is it icon heavy? Are you reading paragraphs every card? It like do the, do the fonts change? Are things inconsistent? All of those can go into the graphic design. What we want is good streamlined graphic design that helps your gameplay. Yeah, exactly. And if all else fails and we can't come to a consensus on what's moving on, this is why it's important for you to go vote at the Board Game Revolution um, community group on Facebook yep. where we put our poll because you decide what moves on. Whoever is the highest vote getter. The fans are the tiebreaker. That's right. So, shall we get into this? Oh, yeah. Real quick, the keyword. All right. So, just to remember, you can enter by going to our email or emailing us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. In the body or the subject line, say horrified. In the body, put your name in the keyword, which is gamma. And that's spelled G A M A. Like the convention that we just so happen to be going to as you're listening to this. As, yeah, literally the next day, the 12th. Yeah, which we hope you're listening to it that day. If you're listening to it a couple of years later, well, we still appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. But <laughs> right. moving on, our number one seed versus our eight seed, Clank Boss Monster. Let's do it. Let us begin. And not a moment too soon. We're already an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> we get on tangents. Absolutely. That's going to be a long one. It might be. That's all right. That's all right. Well, maybe we'll be in agreement on a lot of these. So our first one, Coin of Doom, decides I am going first. Which one am I arguing for? Boss Monster. Boss Monster. Okay. I can make an, uh, a fair argument for this because it's it what it does well, it is a very easy game. You're playing a line of five cards in front of you. You are one of the boss monsters. And what I mean by boss monster, if you've not played this game... You are like the end monster that is at the end of like an 8-bit video game. Like think of Nintendo, Super Nintendo. It's very clearly inspired by like a Super Mario Brothers platform. Like old school pixel right. art. And so each of your cards are going to be played out in a row. And each of these cards are different dungeon cards. You can either have a trap or um, a monster room. And each one of those is going is designed to lure different heroes into your dungeon, first off, based on what kind of loot it has, and trying to kill them effectively as they are going through said dungeon. 
it's it in a way it has almost bidding on it, which it does. Mm-hmm. It has a pr- bit of press your luck, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, it's pretty darn thematic. Okay? Yeah, you feel like you're the boss. You do feel like you're the boss, and. Most games I would knock for having pixel art. I'm not the biggest fan of pixel art. I understand. But this one needed pixel art. Yeah. This is... If this didn't have pixel art, it would have been... It would have been a knock to the game itself. Like, yeah. Whereas, like, other games, you know, they just show up because it's like, oh, it's just like, we felt like doing pixel because that's what our artist does. That's cool. That's fine. Um, like, I don't get mad at that. It's just, it's not necessary. It's like putting cats in games superfluously. You can do that. <laughs> It's fine. It'll probably sell, but the, it's kind of pointless against the game itself. Like tempura, like tempura, mm-hmm. like calico. Anyway, so Calico's a good game though. From what I hear, it's a great game. That's what makes me mad about it. <laughs> but Boss Monster, really, the theming is so immersive. It's a really fun game. It does the theme honestly works more in Boss Monster than Clank. Clank is fun, and it's not unthematic. Oh, no, no, I'll give you that. The theme yeah. does fat, fit better. I just because feel like... Clank is... They've reskinned it how many times? Right, exactly. They made a space version and everything. Oh, so, and like, then game you've got immersion. the legacy where you can use... Or have the characters from uh, Acquisition... Yeah, or Acquisitions Incorporated. Incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, too completely different than, like, the Clank itself. Right, exactly. So, like, art and production... Or uh, game immersion, I definitely would claim for... Boss boss with you and also art and production. I like hold, hold on the art part of it. I'll give you the art part and of it. the graphic design works really well. I'll give you that as well yeah. because the the graphic design in Clank it's a bit darker. Yeah. There's there's a lot of icons. That you the have components to are yeah, better yeah. definitely, well, yeah. but you know it's well to a degree. The components are better to a degree. I don't think it's all that much better. It's fine for what it is. I it think works the well. cardstock's better. Yeah, it is. It is. But Boss Monster, I think, definitely wins out those two categories, for sure. I will, uh... Yeah, but... I don't know. I haven't thought about the other ones yet. So, I'm thinking, like, uh, ease of play. I, I do think Boss Monster is easier itself to play, in a sense. But it's not really, because deck building, most people know how deck building. I get five cards in my hand, I play them out, yep. move on to the next I one. honestly would say Clank is easier to play. Just because that the concept of deck building is really simple, but the fact that you know, but yeah, I agree with it's you. It's tableau building in Boss Monster. Well, not just tableau building; it's push your luck as well. Yeah. It, so there's a lot and for bidding. Boss Monster. So sure, um, I do think Clank is has a, a better likelihood to get to the table. There's a reason why it's sure. so popular. Yeah, the deck building is probably if I have to say, like for like the gaming group, deck building is probably top five. Yeah. Of all um, mechanisms out there. I think worker placement, deck building, and dice chucking are like the big ones. Yep. Um, next up, uh, prone to analysis paralysis. This is the one where I think both of them are really bad at it. Because <laughs> when you're yeah. doing a boss monster, it's like, Dude, and then, and then, oh, but I don't have myself built up for a warrior. Maybe I should start right. putting warrior stuff. Yeah, so it's just both of them can be a slog at times. Um Clank is just slightly faster because it's a race game, mm-hmm. though I do really want to try uh, Richard Garfield's take on this, The Hunger. It's a vampire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, replay value, that's going to be hands down um, Clank. What? I don't think it's hands down. There are plenty of expansions for Boss Monster. Minimum number of plays for a full experience. You're not going to see everything in the first no, game. No, no. In Clank, it wins that part, but scaling well? 
Clank plays Clank? faster. Like, I played a full contingent of boss monster. It, is it just a slog? It's a slog. I I did not have a good time. I played it at the shop. You remember we were sitting there for like two hours. Yeah, I don't know, but Clank like, Clank so is only a legacy form. right now. Yeah, right? and I remember I got rid of my original copy because of how long it took for being a deck builder. But the thing is with Clank, though, even though we're talking about like the time, mm-hmm. we're also talking about how it feels. I'm still in the game even if it takes two hours with Bots Monster. If it's yeah. not my turn, I'm just kind of like sitting there looking at my watch, playing on my phone. You know, if I if I had a complaint about the Legacy version, that's definitely it. The tank length of time. Right now, we finally got a game under three hours. Or no, under three and a half hours. That was a time frame. Every game has been almost more than four hours every time we played it. And you're playing with three experienced gamers. Yes. And one who's picking things up, but yeah. Yeah, yeah she's picking up things. She's not the reason why. No, no, it's no, no. It's just so it's the game. It's, the game itself is just. It takes forever. But you're, you're talking about the legacy, the, the actual Clank right. game. No, the it's long, version. but you're still in it because you're right. just like, okay. And the thing is, is because you're in it because, okay, he's going that way. So maybe right. I should go this way and pick all this treasure up before yep. we wake the dragon and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot more meaningful choice in Clank. Oh, I do too. However, <laughs> oh God. however, the, no, it's the elephant in the room. We have to bring it up. The fundamental problem with Clank. Mm. We, we can't discredit this. Is the fact that people have found out that if you run and gun, basically grab the very first artifact that you can and get out of there faster, you have a significant likelihood of winning. And and they fixed it with the new Clank game and the Legacy game as well. Right. So they they did have to make a rule change. Um, And I think it's in the, the base game now as well. I believe it. So if the new reprintings, yes. Yeah. But uh, it's just that was a really bad. Yeah, no, that that's why I didn't like Clank. In fact, I'm still not a huge fan of Clank. However, I think it's the better game. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I as as close as I actually think this is. Um, and if it, yeah, even we called it, it a wash, mm-hmm. it would destroy. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> and sure. it's funny, to the point. Overboss has more votes than Boss Monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's silly. Um, yeah, no, I'm fine with moving it on. So that means Clank moves on. Next up is the Painful Bracket. The, yeah, this one's going to hurt. Buckle in, everybody, because these are our two favorite games. in and On the entire list. Yes, on the entire list. It is Horrified versus Castle Panic. It's You'll funny. be starting us off. Please, please get the one I think you are. I got Castle Panic. Okay. Alright, so hold on. I just got to fix some stuff real quick. And... Yep, that's what I need. So, Castle Panic. I know you want to argue Castle Panic. I still think it's a phenomenal game. I think it's one of the best co-ops out there. Yes. Uh, I just think Horrified has the better theme. That's really the big thing. I love both of these games. Um, with Castle Panic, you are a tower defender. And when we're talking about pieces and components, the, 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 the base game is fine. It's great components. The cardstock could be a little better, but it's not bad. Sure. But those tower pieces are so nice. Oh, I love if just yeah. for cardboard tower pieces, they, they're so nice. They're I really enjoy them. And the fortification, how it hangs <laughs> yeah. on the wall. Yeah. That's pretty good. No, they did a hell of a job. Uh, Fireside Games, probably hands down one of their best production value games for one of their first games. And the retail cost for 
for Castle Panic is cheaper <laughs> than the retail cost for Horrified. It is. Horrified is 40 to $50. Horrified is not... Uh... Yes, 40 is minimum. No, it's not. MSRP, yes. It is. It's 35 Nope. We can look it up right now. Okay. The miniature market doesn't count. They I'm not look, no, I'm, I'm just going to look it up here. No, MSRP for Horrified is 40 Hmm, what's horror, uh, Castle Panic? 35 Mind you, Horrified has better components because of the minis. But that's the only thing they have going for them. I don't know. The fact that it has plastic minis and the rest of it's cardboard kind of cheapens it, doesn't it? A little bit, actually. I'm not going <laughs> to disagree. I understand why right. they were going with that because it's a game that goes into Target. Right. If you put minis in that thing completely... Right. Yeah, uh, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, it's 40 bucks at Target. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. MSRP is 40 for that. It's $5 less, right? It's, yeah. They're still in the same market. But, you know, that's nothing to scoff at considering now a game from other publishers that was like the quality of here's the thing about castle panic though it's no longer 40 bucks if you want the deluxe edition right you're you're pushing 400 yeah yeah, exactly but that's fine 350 i think is what it was yeah it's it's there uh i think castle panic is actually one of the better co-ops out there yes they've reskinned it a couple times i've only have one panic version and that's star trek because i prefer that copy sure uh castle panic has the generic fantasy uh you're defending your walls you're playing cards out defeating uh monsters in certain grids so you're putting your archers to get the furthest ones uh you're trying to get your what is it the who's the second line because the archers go all the way out. Is it knights, the knights swordsmen. and then swordsmen? Yeah. Yep. So the knights go to the middle row, and then the swordsmen. So you're trying to play it out. You're working with the rest of your team, trying to you know protect. And they're in zones. You got your blue zone, your green zone, your red zone. And that's one of my things that I come up with with, with the graphic design. I know it's an earlier game, but I struggle with the red and green zones uh, to the point where I preferred the Munchkin Panic version of it because it yeah, it's yep. brighter, and then they put different. Um, Overlays for it. So, like, the green zone is grasslands, where the red zone is, like, a fire zone or something like that. So, that's my only issue with it. Uh, Other than that, it's a phenomenal game. But I don't think it's easier to play than Horrified. I I do. I don't. Yeah. And that... Well, I'll argue for Horrified, but I don't... I... Whatsoever. I think it's... Replay value, though, I think Castle Panic gets, because it has two, maybe three expansions and a few promos. Horrified... They had no to come expansion. up with a whole different game because right. this way, if they want to expand it, they have to go a different sure. route. Now, let's talk Horrified because I know you and I both agree that it's 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 an amazing game. And we, we adore it at Everyday Board Games Podcast. We absolutely adore Horrified. We're giving away Thus, a copy. While we're giving away a copy. That's why we're debating it. <laughs> but Horrified, the base game, it's a really smart system. It, t- it essentially takes a Pandemic's system where... Not but, only do you uh, have it, a number of it, it actions. Could, yeah, uh, the action selection from Pandemic yeah. with Pick Up and Deliver. Yeah, with Pick Up and Deliver. Because yeah, that's what you're doing. Is you're basically getting items and you're delivering them in different spots or in different ways to deal with the baddies. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. It also has the same formula of, like with most co-ops, you do some good stuff, then you flip a card and do some bad stuff. Yeah. Do some good stuff, then you do some bad stuff. Right? It It is... It is not difficult to play, and I, I know plenty of families that go into it playing it. And I, I love the art. I love the theme to it because every monster does really feel different. And then if you take in American monsters as well, the uh-huh. cryptids play completely different than... Yeah, yeah, they certainly do. 
Yeah, it, uh, I, I like how unique and replayable that is. It makes every experience different. And I love really the difficulty does. aspect of uh, Horrify 2. Sure, yeah, it's a very simple way to, to modify it. You simply play with either two, three, or four monsters, mm-hmm. depending on how, how difficult, difficult you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, easy, medium, hard, two, three, four. Two is almost always doable. Three is questionable. Four is ridiculously Ridiculous. hard for some reason. <laughs> it really shouldn't be that hard. Oh, and it's got a great solo mode, too. I have to say that. Oh, I haven't played solo mode. How yeah. does it work? Uh, it works exactly the same as the base game, except for um, you start like at level three of Panic rather than level one. It actually tells you the solo it goes mm-hmm. here. And you basically play it. You take your turns, your actions, do all that <clears> stuff, and you have to beat it before it hits the skull it's just that you have a shorter amount of time so you still get to play the complete aspect of the game gotcha okay that makes sense cool all right uh now let's let's actually break this down because i think this this warrants breaking down okay the reason why i'm i'm gonna claim that i think ease of play goes to castle panic and hear me out on this don't always don't discredit me already i'm already discrediting you in a way they are both action selection right they they're both you're playing a number of actions Mm -hmm. whereas castle panic the actions you could take is just what cards you play now i it, it is not analysis paralysis whatsoever i would give meaningful choice definitely to horrified i oh, do yeah. think it's more strategic because in castle panic you basically play your cards but that's all you do you play cards if they're in the right zone they damage them that's it that's really the the maximum uh, on there now likelihood to get to the table based on theme yes i think horrified would get there but simplicity uh, familiarity, all you're literally doing is just playing a card, moving tokens. Playing a card, moving your tokens. Whereas Horrified, you... You're you playing to, cards, or... No, you you're, you have to strategize. You have to decide where you're going, which monsters or which uh, items you take, and how you have to defeat your the monsters in different ways. If two monsters happen to share the same like color or numbers that you need, at, like some need to go at one place, like let's say the Invisible Man. If he needs an item... From a location that you need to prove that he's there, but it's also a really good one against Dracula to defeat the one of the caskets. That's something you have to take into consideration. It it it's with it is hands down. No, no, I I cannot give you ease of play. I'm not giving. You I'm ease not of saying play it's either. difficult. No, but I'm not, not how, how is how is Castle Panic more difficult? I've gotten to games where people are prone to analysis paralysis. Basically, okay, I can play these cards, but should I do it here, do it here? And we're sitting there talking and bogging down the whole time. Whereas Horrified, we're like, you go there, I'll go here, we go pick up this stuff. It, Never once experienced that. Uh, it's literally like your choice is like, I have a green archer. I can hit one of these two monsters it technically doesn't and matter. And when we go to simplicity and familiar the mechanism, I can yeah. get more people to play because I'm like, it plays like Pandemic. If you already know how Pandemic is, you do your set a number of actions and do bad stuff. like any tower defense game, which has the video game aspect of it too. There's more, it's easier to okay, play. Okay, well call it a wash because neither one of us are budging. Uh, I'm not right. budging. Then it's I, more meaningful choice then at this point because I'm not going to budge on that. <laughs> you no, even admit. It's easier. It is easier. Give me that one. I don't think it's going to do much more, but give me easier. I'm not giving you easier. I could get more people to play Horrified than I can. Than that has nothing Panic. to do with how easy the game is to play. I can... When I describe p- a pandemic, I'm like, you take four actions, you take your right. actions based on your action points. Right. And then bad stuff happens. Okay, here we go. Horrified. So yes, you have actions where you can either move, or you can use your special ability, or you can play some cards which don't count as actions, 
but effectively you are trying to move to or from different locations. You are trying to pick up items. You can also move villagers to and from the spaces that to try and get them to their locations, oh, which will give you more God. benefits. Oh, by the way, every six monsters is different. How is that? How is that let's, simpler? Let's get off easy no, play how is that and let's move on to In other cards. No way is that simpler than saying, "Hey, play all your cards." Like. You know what? You don't need to keep them, really. If you can't play them, you probably just can't play them. That's it. The only complexity in that game is to decide, oh, well, they're going to move in a level. I will trade you this knight for your archer so I can hit them now and you hit them then. That's the complexity. <laughs> it's not... I, I just taught you all of Castle Panic in less time than, I, than it would take me to explain here's one the, monster the I'm in trying to move on. You won't let it go this time. <laughs> because that is ridiculous that you think this is easier. That this I, I think Horrified's easier. I could teach Horrified no. better than I can teach uh, Castle Panic. Let's, let's make a bet on this. I'm putting money down. Let's go demo both of them <laughs> to the same group and let's time it. <laughs> well, that's actually not fair to me. You have history of teaching people games. I'll teach them both and you time it. <laughs> I won't budge on this. It is That's why I'm saying let's game. move on. It is an easier game, hands down. Replay uh, re replay value. Length of time and scaling well. Uh, Castle Panic tends to go a little bit long, but it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah the thing is... you have to go through all of the monsters. I honestly say Castle Panic overstays its welcome sometimes. A little bit. Yeah, especially when that. you're getting into the other right. versions of it. And minimum number of plays for full experience. You get the full experience on the very first game of Castle Panic, assuming you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, assuming you, you win. That's a, the goal is to get through every token. They, yeah. So you see everything. You see everything. Uh, so that means Horrified wins the minimum yes. number of plays. So we're two? All right, expendability. I think this is where Castle Panic wins. It has yeah. a, oh, how many wizard expansions? It has three expansions. Is the wizard one? Wizards, um, the giant, the tit dark titan, and um, the one where you're actually building structures. And then you also have like a the fourth one, quite a out. few promos too, with like yeah. the catapult and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, meaningful choice part of the expansion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Meaningful choice. Horrified. Uh, horrified. Yep. Okay. Game immersion. Horrified. Yeah, I'll give you game immersion as well. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I just, do feel more like you're fighting off yeah, the, monsters the monsters than that than than. I mean, the, yeah, you're defending. See, your here's power, the one but... I thought was going to be the problem: is the art and production, because both of them are really well produced. I mean, the art I think goes to horrified. I'll give with, you the without... art, especially because I like the uh, the cards with the black yeah. and white feel yeah. to them mm -hmm. uh, more so it's than I do campy. with the, the the American sure. Monster ones. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, pieces of components. This is where I'm like, it comes down to the the minis are nice. And yeah. the cardboard is nice. Uh, again, for me, it's the consistency thing. But also the minis have problems. They're not like that good thick plastic that you can get because right. you. Uh, yeah, someone has like the, the Michael Jackson Dracula. He's like he's like leaning way forward. <laughs> yeah, Do, doing the smooth criminal leaning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the graphic design. Which one do you think has the better graphic design? I would call that a wash. I mean, <laughs> well, well, no, so I, I will slightly give I, it to horrified. horrified yes. because of the color scheme. Yeah, they fixed yep. it in Munchkin Panic and Star Trek Panic. I don't even have that problem because right. it's space. I'll give you that. Yeah. So art and production, game immersion, meaningful choice uh, are all horrified. So it moves on. Uh, replay value was a wash, and ease of play goes to Castle Panic. I agree. All right, so let's go on to the next round. <laughs> Dungeon Pets versus. Title blades in our third round. Hold on, let me write this down. That horrified moved on. <laughs> oh. 
I'm the one trying to move on. And... Alright. <laughs> you will be leading this argument. Boss monster. Castle panic goes over there. These are That's two right. that stay. As you're sorting out the pieces. Dungeon pets versus title blades. These are more obscure. <laughs> I don't think we're going to really get into a big argument with this one. That, that tells you how uh, passionate we are for the other two games. <laughs> yes. No. That that was definitely... We, we gave everybody the premise. Was like They need to hold on. Uh, title blades is the one I'm arguing. Okay. Sounds good, and I will be arguing for dungeon pets. Oh man, this is this this one's a tough run for me because yes. I enjoy one more so than other, mm-hmm. but one of them is a lot more complicated than it needs to be yes. than the other. Yeah, one is, and the other one's <laughs> one way is complicated. complicated. Yeah, but you kind of know that going into it. I don't know. They both give an aura of uh, like, yeah. hey, look, this is a simple game. And you get into it, you're like, wow, that, that's that, not a simple game. The only reason why I think How title, you title Blades is slightly easier and not much more is because it's Vlado Chavato. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vlado Chavato doesn't streamline necessarily. I mean, he's not overly and complicated. That's not saying so. like, uh, Title Blades is simple by any means. No. I mean, we were playing a third of the game before you and me even both go, Oh. oh, we finally figured out how to play this. And then we play the game again, and be, or play the game throwing on. I'm like, oh, I totally missed that point, didn't I? Yep. yep. Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But yeah, no, I remember playing Dungeon Pets, and I was like, Ooh, my brain lot, hurts. Yeah. Like, because you want to raise them and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm just going to go through, for my for me, the criteria, the title blades, I will give you this. Title blades wins art and production, yes. hands down. It is stunning. First off, it's stunning. Beautiful blues, beautiful screen, yep. uh, uh, or t- boards. Graphic design, though, I have a problem with all those stupid boards, honestly. There, there is way too many boards for Tidal Blades when you... Uh, that's modular not graphic boards. design, that's art and components, uh, pieces and components. No, yeah, it's but, in pieces and components, but it's in the graphic design aspect of it, because you build out the board, because it's supposed to be, like, in a circle. Right. And how they don't quite fit, yeah. Right, they're all like kind of weird, exotic shape in a way. But when yeah. you get the uh, the characters, I think they're minis. I can't remember if they are or not. I think the characters are yeah. minis. And then uh, the freaking dice. The dice are the best part of that game. Those dice were really nice. Yeah, and especially when you start upgrading them and you're yeah. going along. I didn't like fighting the monsters, but you have to fight the monsters in this game. Yeah. So I think art production, hands down, goes to Title Blades. Yes. It's one of the best-looking games on I will this not list. argue that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, meaningful Choice, that is going to be a tough one to argue because both of them have a lot of good choices. However, where I think Title Blades gets knocked is the arbitrary choices yes, on it because it's the dice. There's definitely arbitrary choices in Title Blades. Yes, of course, you always want to upgrade your dice. You always want to get better dice, but that doesn't mean you're going to get what you roll. But or honestly, I'm, you're going to get what you want to roll. I'm looking at this list. I think Title Blades is a phenomenal game for what it is. I wasn't as enamored as it with it with like our other two companions mm-hmm. were playing it. Yeah, I thought were, it was fine, which is a shame because like all four of us were really excited to play it. Yeah, especially you, you were the least. I I was so excited yeah. to play this. And it was a letdown. And the thing is, with Title Blades, it looks like something that's right up my alley. I love mm-hmm. those big, thematic, dice-chucking games. Right. I have Eldritch Horror in my collection. I almost have every single one of the expansions mm-hmm. for it. And this one just was kind of a letdown for me. And that's not saying that I enjoy Dungeon Pets all that much. It was fine. I enjoy some of the humor in the rule book yeah. and the basics of the game. But for me, if I had to pick a game out of these two, I'd pick Title Blades again just because... I wasn't really enamored with Dungeon Pets either. I, 
Now, if I want to play like a gamery game, yep. then Dungeon Pets would win it hands down. But if yep. I'm picking a game out of these two to play, I pick Tidal Blades. Yeah, that would be a tough choice for me because <laughs> like it's more like I'd rather neither play. Either yeah, of them. I enjoy Dungeon Pets. The humor in that game is great. Right. Yeah. So let 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 me jump into that. Go part. ahead. So Dungeon Pets. Um, yeah, Dungeon Pets. I think it's definitely the more strategic of the game because there's a lot to consider. It's it's a heavy Euro game. Um, both of them, both of the games do themselves a disservice. And what I mean by that is that both of them, the way that they're presented and the way that they look and, and honestly, the with title blades, have, I thought it was a racing game. I thought, I thought it was going to be just a really light, uh, <laughs> like, light, like replacement I game. That's, yeah. I, I honestly thought it was going to be really light because the game that was before it, uh, Grim Forest, mm -hmm. uh, it was a while back before it, but I had finally played it not too long before we played title blades. And I was like, wow, okay, Grim Forest is very simple. You bid on a spot and you get some resources. That's it, right? And I was, I was so, I was so excited about how great the components were. The theme was fun, and and it was just a simple, easy to get into game. And that's why I was so excited for Title Blades because I thought that that was going to be my experience. Yeah. And both of them carry themselves like they look like they should be a family weight game. Yeah. Both of them do. Well, well. And both of them definitely Mind aren't. you, the problem is we haven't hadn't played a lot of Vlado Chivato games. Right. So, and so it's like, oh, this looks like a cute little worker placement game. Vlado Chivato can make simpler games too, but that wasn't one of them. That definitely wasn't. So, but as far as the theme goes, I think the theme is better in Dungeon Pets. And that's because you really are raising these pets. You are making them bigger. They need more food. You need and to you got to put them in the arena you have to, to make money. Them, yeah, you have to put them in the arena. You have to put them in, in cage properly that they hopefully won't break out of. Um, and one of the funniest things, uh, I was watching um, Rodney Smith with uh, Quentin Smith, like the Shut Up and Sit Down with yeah, yeah, Watch yeah, yeah. It Played. And they were talking about this. And he said one of his favorite things about any rule book is when you could say something so ridiculous in the rule book, like it, whether it makes sense or not, but you're going to remember that for years and years later. And I, there is it's a rule. True. It's true. In Dungeon Pets, you I and still I remember it. Yet. Yeah. And that's when a, a pet escapes or whenever you get rid of a pet to send it to, you know, the farm or whatever, more meat coincidentally shows up yeah, in, yeah. in the market. And it's like, oh, don't mind that. And he even like plays that off in the rule yeah. book. It's like, oh yeah, like we all kind of know what's going on here. By the way, it's just coincidence that more meat ever shows up every time. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like that's hilarious. You don't know, I'm never it's, gonna. It's got one I of the remember very little, about, very the little about the game, but I remember that. No, but what I like about what I think it makes the meaningful choice so much better in this is Tidal Blades is a worker placement. You're putting your workers out, but there's a lot to consider in every spot you do. And some are yeah. locked down, some are restricted. Different things. This, or some are bonuses because the judge right. is over there. This is like a worker programming thing. Because remember behind your screen, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you remember this off the top of your head, oh, you yeah. have little goblin pieces that you're putting in different parts of the dungeon. And you're effectively bidding for your turn order. And whoever does that the most, like, because there could be a lot on the board that's really, really you know attractive to some players. And you're like, oh, wow, I really need to bid high on this. But I know you see that too. And that might work for your... Thing going pretty well so i need to bid really high in order to get it you know but do i want to put all my eggs in this basket and just get this one thing and not be able to do anything else yeah exactly there's a lot to consider um ease of play i'll give it to title blades barely title plate, barely 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 um replay value dungeon pets because they 
they actually do have expansions for dungeon pets, I believe. I might be wrong on that. We'll have to look at that. But minimum number of plays for full experience. There is, because of how all the monsters are totally different, It would I would give that to dungeon pets. And expandability, we'll have to look into it. But neither of them scale well. <laughs> oh, no. So that's a wash. Meaningful choice is definitely dungeon pets. I'll give you that. Game immersion, I feel more in tune with dungeon pets because I do feel like I'm just raising monster Yeah, animals. no, it, I, yeah. I feel like the game immersion more into that because, yeah. uh, again, I went into Tidal Blades thinking, hey, it's a racing game. I'm right. going to be racing motorboats. And I went hard onto the racing. Yeah. And I got last place because we. And I'll I wasn't be honest, fighting. I forgot answers. there was a racing category. On it. <laughs> yeah. like, I really did, but like I mean, like everybody who's raised a pain in the butt animal knows exactly how painful it can be and how obnoxious they can be and how stubborn so they can be. You're talking about your cat, then, huh? Uh, and I've had stubborn dogs. My all my dogs are stubborn. They're very very stubborn. <laughs> well, and, I, and I've had animals that aren't that aren't fun to take care of. But they all have their own dis- different personalities, oh, and yeah. this reflects, reflects that it, definitely. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you the game immersion. So we yeah. got and then art and production is definitely title blades. Oh yeah, so three games or three to two dungeon pets moves on. That's right. Because I don't even want feel like doing the replay value. I just remember. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll just move on Dungeon Pets. Yep, and it's going to go up against Horrified. <laughs> All right. And our final category of this uh, quarterfinals is King of Tokyo versus Rampage. We got the Kaiju game, huh? That's right. This is the game of the Kaijus. Daniel, I will be leading this argument. All right, you get King of Tokyo. Okay, so King of Tokyo. This was Richard Garfield's first big hit. If you ignore the little card game called Magic. You know, minor detail. But no, what he did... Minor detail. Minor detail. He made, like, you know, a King of the Hill-style game using a Yahtzee mechanism. Ease of play goes to this already. I was not going to argue that point. Ease of play goes to this already. It's freaking Yahtzee with monster Although, you know, flicking discs isn't exactly difficult. And dropping pieces on a board. Yeah. It's not exactly difficult. But, I mean, this game is one of the best introductory games because most people have played Yahtzee or at least understand the idea. Roll all your dice. You have three rolls. Set aside some you want. Reroll. Set aside some more. Reroll. That's what you get. And the fact is half of the sides of the dice are just ways to get victory points anyway. So it doesn't matter. However, what makes King of Tokyo a really neat game is the fact that in a upwards to four player game, two to four players, it is one person versus everybody else, depending on who is in Tokyo at the time. Their attacks hit everybody else. Everybody else's attacks hit the person in, in Tokyo. And when somebody attacks me, that's the only time after suffering the damage do I get to decide if I want to bail and let somebody else take that over. Whenever you take over Tokyo, you get a point. Whenever you stay in Tokyo at the beginning of your turn, you get two more points. Yeah. Okay. So every turn. So it's kind of a press your luck. However, there's two parts about it that make it cool. One, two different ways to win. That's what makes it so neat. You can either get 20 victory points or be the last person standing. That's really simple. Easy to understand. And it works really well every time I see somebody play it. That being yeah. said. Rampage. Um... This, this one's a little difficult for me to argue because they're both kaiju monster games. Yep. 
Uh, I think Rampage is just slightly more difficult, yeah, because we're you're doing the dropping of the pieces and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the scoring aspect is a little crazy because, uh, sure. like, the you have to determine how many people you eat, and then yeah. the old people don't really give you anything. the The blues do this, the reds do that. So there, there's a lot more to pay attention. Whereas this one, okay, you're getting victory points for that, or you're punching this thing, or you're yeah. getting energy to buy cards. There's there's less that you have to pay attention to. Or you're just getting straight out victory points if you roll mm-hmm. so many of the numbers. Uh, for that purposes, I think King of Tokyo is a much easier game. Uh, but the thing is, also, we have to talk about... Um, you mentioned it earlier about an elephant in the room. We do have to mention the fact that we are saying Rampage because that's the game we're familiar with. Yep. But... They didn't have to retheme King of Tokyo. No, it's renamed Terror in Meeple City because there was a lawsuit with the, the game creators of Rampage. The cease and desist. The cease and desist, yeah. Was it was lawsuit. Okay, cease and desist, yeah. Where they had to change the name. Mind you, I'm surprised they got away with a lot of stuff because there's like Captain America's shield on something. Right. You could see the Ninja Turtles peeking out. It's like, how right. did you not get sued earlier? Right. No, and I think a lot of that is just not, it's just creative liberty. It's just being like, it, it's more of a satirical. Oh. Whereas the name Rampage is definitely, definitely copyrighted. But yeah. even with that satirical, those things are copyrighted too. Captain yes. America's shield's copyrighted. Yep. Uh, and that is literally his shield on the board. Yep. So that, that could get them in trouble too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with Disney and how they are. So you can't really get... There There are copies out there in the wild. They're a little more difficult and a little bit pricier if you want it under the Rampage name. But just because of the name change, I think King of Tokyo has a better chance of getting to the table on ease of play than uh, Terror in Meeple City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, based on that game. Okay. I yeah. see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bas- if it was the original Rampage yeah, title, it, right? Yeah, it would, would have a better be... chance. Because mm-hmm. it does feel like Rampage One in a sense. One of my favorite arcade games. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Rampage. feel like you're destroying a city yes. in this game. So it would fit the theme matching the mechanism, yeah. but that's not what you can get in it right now. And right. even when I put in the poll, I put Rampage in parentheses, its actual name. Yeah. Uh, because some people don't know it as, as Rampage. Mm-hmm. So I do have to, that's the elephant in the room there. I just think uh, the the game immersion itself, if it was still Rampage, you would feel like you're those things. But here's another thing that I have a problem with it. If they're going off on Rampage, why are they all Godzilla-type lizards? Give us the monkey and give us the... Right. Yeah, so give us those. I mean, but, if you're going to commit copyright fraud, right, just go, go for, for it. it. <laughs> if you're changing... You're taking the name. Throw a trademark after yeah. Rampage while <laughs> yeah, you're at it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it doesn't uh, feel too much like the video game um, sure. on that aspect. Uh, again... It's very lucky too, but I really sure. enjoy it. Like you, you got to drop the pieces and just touch right, or trying to get all those things out there. But oh, it's so fun! It really it is. is. It's one of the better dexterity games out there. It really is because it's one uh, of the best dexterity games. Because there's there's a card out there. We we mentioned it about the acid spray. You take that card out. You take that out right now, especially during <laughs> this time and age. Nobody but, wants to do a breath on but, on my game. <laughs> But there's a part where, like, if you put it on the top of the the character's head and you flick it, and then yeah. whatever happens, the car, oh, yeah, that's so good, yeah, you flick the car off the the person's head, or you take your piece and you drop it from space or right. something like that. It has to be so much against the thing. Uh, did you break the building or not break the building? It yeah. feels very thematic about what you're trying to do. And the production value of this game is really yes. good too. I was gonna say there there are two categories that stick out to me immediately, and that is game immersion. Because I feel like in Rampage, you 
Because you're literally destroying things that you've built. See, you're literally breaking buildings. I, 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 I you do feel that. I, 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 I agree with that you that that feels, feels like it. Immersive. But I feel that in King of Tokyo too. I feel it's thematic, but I mean, th- like, how is Yahtzee dice rolling? Like, it that that doesn't feel here thematic. for me. It's I a think... great simple mechanism to use for it, but it's not thematic. Oh. The King of the Hill part of it is. Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. It was like, but, a, like, it does fit that category for right. it. You do feel like you're playing the King of the Hill. Who's the better? monster the player yeah. interaction is better in rampage i agree with that yeah but i also really think i have better memorable moments in king of tokyo because the first time i ever played this game was one of the few games i played in the shop okay and this is how i became friends with game head geek yeah was playing what this game at one of them that's one of the memories moment. I have it because I was in Tokyo. I just needed to get one more point at the end of my turn mm-hmm. to get it. And he was trying to take me out because this is the turn ahead of me. And I was down to last hell, but I still had one card in my hand. Detachable tail. And uh, he hit me. He's like, all right, I take you out. I play detachable tail because I have the energy. I take, don't take any of the damage because you attack my tail instead. <laughs> and they came to me. I got my 20 point and won. That, that, that's a great moment. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, like, I've had memorable moments like that. In, in, in Rampage, yeah. In Rampage as well. You know, and but I, I just feel like the way that the game fits the category because like literally in the video game rampage and in the theme here you're breaking buildings but you're literally yeah but the problem with is you're you're bringing up rampage the video game that's not the name anymore yeah but that's still the theme though is your monsters breaking buildings eating people you're literally (laughs) dropping a piece onto a cardboard structure that flies apart and you are taking the pieces of rubble from that that is literally the game like i mean it's ridiculous but that's the point that's what you're doing it's like um like like the reason why i would think space invaders is more thematic because you're literally launching the ships versus flicking them right i mean it's a small detail in king of king of tokyo yeah the king of the hill part of it does but the main mechanism in in that is the yahtzee dice rolling which is a good simple uh streamlined way to do it but i don't feel like i'm breaking i don't feel like i'm actually punching you i feel like i'm just rolling dice for combinations is all i'm doing it, it, they're close, but I, I think game immersion just fits with King with uh, Rampage more than honestly. I really think I'll give you the first part of game immersion, where it's the theme fetching the mechanism. I will give you that wholeheartedly, but the player interaction, there's just more table talk. There's more uh, King of Tokyo is like, don't you roll that claw? <laughs> but, I yeah, but. You literally flick a car at other players' pieces and knock them over. <laughs> That's so interactive. That's yeah, great. It's like, like Daniel, you you knocked my piece out of there. Hold on, let me throw a whole car at your okay, piece yeah, and knock that, you out. That's that's fine. That's and fine and dandy. But we also talk about role playing. I feel like I'm more like the monster when I'm doing stuff and playing my special abilities. Oh, I feel and like powers. I'm a mon- I feel like a real monster when I play rampage. <laughs> No, I we'll call it a wash. We'll call it a they're wash. They're both super thematic. Yeah, yeah, they are. And the memorable moments. And again, this is the more subjective category. Yeah. Um, neither one of them really have good, meaningful choice. I'll give that to Rampage just slightly <laughs> yeah. because it's like, yeah, that's, that's much mean. a more meaningful choice than a couple dice roll. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're you're not wrong. 
Um, Both of them have arbitrary choices. Yeah. Let's Our be production honest. goes to Terry Maple City, of course. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, um, though I, I do have to say the the newer, not the dark version, but the the lighter version, the second printing mm-hmm. of King of Tokyo is so nice. It's, it is nice. It is really nice. Um, ease of play, though. King I, of Tokyo. You you can't pass up the it's Yahtzee. Everybody grew up with Yahtzee. You just roll some dice and match yeah, some symbols. The, my, I think the Yahtzee part of it is simple. I do think the dexterity part of it in Rampage is simpler. But what it falters at is the fact that you are, have different objectives mm-hmm. and abilities. Oh, the, that, the, the only, I think that's what really my thing is with over. Rampage that pushes it out. Ease of play is just the scoring. And and King of Tokyo, okay. yep. you roll the dice. Hey, I rolled fours and I collect those fours or threes, whatever they yep. are. I keep those. Those are going to be my victory points. Okay. Or I can keep lightning and I'm going to get uh, power. Or I can keep claws and fight people. Right. Whereas King of Tokyo or uh, Rampage, you have to pay attention to what color character you're you're eating, mm-hmm. uh, what um, what they how they score. Yeah. Are you going to be able to score them? Oh, if I'm eating a bunch of old people, I remember that this role because that's all I kept was able to get the first time I ever played this game. Yeah. Old people aren't worth anything. The fact that they had to make a promo card to make old people worth something which is pretty funny. Actually, <laughs> yeah. they they send them out in a rocket, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Now you can make a William Shatner joke going, you know. <laughs> so, it's so good. Um, uh, wow, where are we now? Okay, so ease of play, we're singing King of Tokyo. Replay value, I, uh, I, that's King of Tokyo, hands down. Yeah, King replay value absolutely is King so of Tokyo. So that's two. Okay. Meaningful choice, Rampage, but barely. No, meaningful choice is King of Tokyo. Is it? Yeah. We agreed that there's more meaningful choice in dice rolling than... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, the Yachtsu mechanism yeah. than... And then game right. immersion, we called that a wash. In art production, we're giving to Rampage. So, yep. all right. So King of Tokyo moves on to go up against Clank. That's gonna be interesting. It will be. Our top four moved. Uh, it's been a while since our top four actually move in. Right. Especially with uh, quite the surprise on previous weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Daniel, before we move on to the next round, gamma is the keyword. And then, what were? <laughs> What were the votes from our, our fan vote for each of these? All right. So Boss Monster, which was the first one eliminated, losing to Clank. It was tied for sixth place, which is last place, with one. Yikes. Moving on to Castle Panic, which was our seventh seed. This was our number four vote getter with three. Followed that up with ramps up. our number six seed, Tidal Blades. That was eliminated. It was tied for last place with one. Right. And then finally, Rampage, our number five seed, mm-hmm. was eliminated. And it had it was tied for fifth place with two. Okay. So now going into the next round, we are playing uh, Clank versus King of Tokyo. Do you have any immediate thoughts on this, Daniel? <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. Well, you'll be leading the argument. I got to put something in there. Yeah. Shake up the cup of doom. Not a good it does. All right. So I'm leading? Yep. King of Tokyo. All right. Ooh, this is fun. This is fun. Ah, uh, hands down, King of Tokyo is easier to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hands down. Ooh, so that's probably the only one that really jumps out to me. Aren't production, maybe, I think. I, w- I would give that to King of Tokyo. Tokyo absolutely. as well. Because um, the art is fantastic. I think Clank just has more meaningful choices. 
And uh-huh. I'm, if you're seeing like I'm trying to run through it a little quickly, uh, that's because we're at an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, so. that's fine. We can we can jump it ahead a little bit. Um, I think Arn Production, King of Tokyo, and yep. Isa Play is King of Tokyo. Uh, Clank. I would also I give think it it's, Game Immersion. I would, yeah, I would also give it Game Immersion. So that's three already right yep. there. I think Clank, Meaningful Choice. Clank, hands down, yep. Meaningful Choice. In Replay Value. That's pretty Clank much has quite a few expansions. Yeah, Clank uh, has a few so expansions. King of, King of Tokyo has a few expansions. Although it scales well, better for King of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, King of Tokyo moves on. I agree. That was fast. Again. Wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest. <laughs> I wasn't I, expecting that either. I was skeptical of Clank going into it. All right, but, Dungeon yeah. Pets versus Horrified. Okay. So Daniel, you'll be leading this argument. Horrified. Of course. Horrified is the better game. It just needs to move on. Go up against King of Tokyo. (laughs) uh, No. Uh, It's easier to play. Yep. Uh, Art and production. This is where it's going to be iffy. I just like the art better in Horrified. Um, I like the art in both. Yeah, I think they're both great. They're both really good. Uh, The graphic design, I think, is a little bit better in Horrified. The original copy than Dungeon Pets. No. Uh, there's a lot of iconography in there Dungeon is. Pets, mm-hmm. um, and the pieces of components. It, it's effective iconography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the but pieces of uh, the pieces of components. It's the consistency thing for me. And the, Here, the here's my biggest knock. You ready? Okay. There, there's one thing about Dungeon Pets that I really dislike, and that is that they have the dials as the pets, oh, but they're right. cardstock, not cardboard. Uh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep, that was my biggest thing, and you had to punch out cardstock. To make that, uh, I hated that. Yeah, I mean, no. I get it. You have so many of them, and you're mixing them up randomly, and it's just that's so difficult to do. Yeah, with, with cardboard. I, for, I totally forgot about that. Yep, uh, that was the biggest knock to it. But the art in inside, no, actually, I would say it, there's there's actually quite a bit awesome about the art. Do you remember all the like little Easter eggs and different fun stuff about on the board? Dungeon Pets. It was it was a long time ago, I know, but it's I do remember while, yeah. that very I don't distinctly. Remember. There was so many like like little people like there was like a little dice game in the corner. Like there was like people trying to like mess each other over. Like all of the yeah, little the, subtleties the, is the, really, really fun. The Easter eggs are nice, but it's not really basic or for the game. It's right. just an Easter egg. Uh, right. no, it, it right, it is. So for like with the art itself and the gameplay for Horrified, the yeah. the art really works because it feels like you're doing in the movie. It's campy. My my yep. personal favorite is that it's got the the comedians in there uh for um God, what are and Hardy? Or uh, no Abbott and Castell. No, Abbett and Castell. I was they're in there up. and so like if you want to talk about Easter eggs, you got Abbott and Costello in this yeah, game. Yeah but that's the one though. <laughs> But the like the the characters like yeah. Lucy and stuff like that they they're in there from like the the Dracula movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. What I need to see someone do with Horrified is reskin it with the Mel Brooks versions of all the horror like uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It, Young Frankenstein. Yep, that would be pretty good. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, but back on uh, thing, I think just Horrified, I think should move on because one, we barely remember Dungeon Pets, right? Um, and just for me, I think. Ease of play, horrified. Uh, game immersion's horrified. Uh, and really, aren't production for me. I, I do think Dungeon Pets have much more meaningful choices. Uh, there, yes, you have absolutely. to be smart when you're playing this. Yep. And the replay value on expandability is Dungeon Pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum number of plays uh, for horrified. I think uh, maybe horrified. Just because of the monsters, you have how many monsters? Yeah, exactly. In... You have a, you have a different, 
and uh, the monsters that you fight against versus yeah. the the monsters that you raise, you're going to see most of them. Yeah, and then length of time at scaling wall horrified plays so much yeah. faster. Of we played a two hour or uh, yeah two hour game of dungeon pets at two people. Yeah, I could play a, a four time. player game of horrified in an hour hour and a half. Right. Nope. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And it plays more than that too. So yeah, absolutely. So that means horrified moves on. Yeah. And I always like these secondary rounds, like the semifinals, because we've already made our arguments. Yeah. You know, we, we've already... That's it how tends it tends to, to go. It's like the, the yeah. quarterfinals tends to be our longest because it's just that yeah, we have to exactly. argue the games out. Mm-hmm. All right. So our final is our number two seed, Horrified. Versus our number four seed, King of Tokyo. Honestly, these are the two... Uh, outside of Castle Panic, the two best games to be going in this category, yeah. I think. Although Rampage, I think, like, it, there's a reason it, out of all of these, the most monstery game is really Rampage. Like, it just seems <laughs> like it, like, th- it made perfect sense for this to be in there. Now, if this wasn't on the list on Board Game Geek, we would just null the whole list and we'd be done. <laughs> yeah. Because that made no sense. Yeah. How many votes did, uh, did Dungeon Pets and Clank get? All right, so Clank, which was eliminated uh, first, that was our third best vote getter at 20. Okay. So our number three voter got it. Uh, and it's understandable. It's one yeah, of a more Clank popular game. Popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dungeon Pets was the one that was tied with Rampage at only two votes. All right. So finally, we got Horrified versus King of Tokyo, and we've discussed all our vote getters these are our top two yes that's right and there's a three point difference between the two yeah right now it currently shows us a two point difference oh uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we can update that either way it's it's a fraction <laughs> yeah it's really close and very close remember i said clank was at 20 and it's now, now at 23 it yeah yep and we have a three point vote get difference again that's right that's right so let's now, in this final round, just as a clarifying uh, clarifying for it, the keyword is gamma. But the real clarifying is that I want to make point is that we don't take sides on this. We've already argued both of the games in a couple times. Yeah. Um, now we're just going to break it down. Is there any of these categories that are immediately obvious to you? Yes. Ease of play. King of Tokyo. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so King of Tokyo gets one point. Um, meaningful full choice. choice is horrified. Agreed. And so we got. I say see. we come back to game immersion. <laughs> yeah, let's set aside that one for a bit. Art and production. Art and production. Let's come back to that too, because okay. I think I think uh, replay value is worth us talking about. I do think Take, uh, it's definitely King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo. Yes. Okay, so art and production. This is the first one. They're both fantastic art. Mm-hmm. And both really fit for what they're trying to do. Yep. Especially if you can get the second edition. Or, mm-hmm. I, from what I heard, the Dark Edition is yep. really good, too. The Dark Edition, yeah, I've heard it's absolutely phenomenal. So, we have, on one side, we have the King of Tokyo board, which doesn't need to be any bigger than what it is. It yeah, really, no, it's, it's a placeholder. Fine. The standees are really great. They're nice and big. Great, mm-hmm. chunky dice. My only issue with the standees is, and I think they've done it with the second and Dark, is the, the thing that they go into... Oh, yeah. They're better, because like in the first one, it kind of pushes up the, the pieces yeah, a little, a little and Horrified bit. was better about that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Not much, but yeah. yeah right, exactly. It's no um, Dead of Winter. That was a bit annoying. <laughs> right, exactly. That had way more. 
Uh, but yeah, it, it has those factors. Big chunky dice. Good quality card stock for what it needs. The energy cubes, the bright fluorescent green. That makes I, sense. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about the production. The iconography makes sense. Like, you either have a claw for attack, you have a heart for healing, One, the numbers 1, and 2, or 3. And they give you the reference cards that help out, too. So. Right, exactly. So there's a lot going for it. Now, art and production in Horrified, the campiness of the art is really great. Yeah, it, and it feels the like the movies good. as well. Yeah, now, all the pieces are good. That You have the custom minis, you mm-hmm. know, for each of the players. Um and you have custom dice, but, you know, it's a small little tiny it's dice. It's two dice. Yeah, it's fine. two dice. It's fine. It's, it didn't need more than that. Yeah. Each each of them uses the... The art on the cards, though, are really nice, too. The art on the cards are really nice. I am... I can't say that either of them are better than others. I am fine on, calling it a wash. I, I agree with you, a wash. I rarely call art and production a wash, but I... They're, they're both <laughs> top of their game. Yeah, yeah. Especially... Uh, for King of Tokyo, it's a game the, that came out a little later. Yeah, the only thing, like, it, if we were, if we'd be nitpicky about it, the card stock and the finish on on Horrified, it's not the best. It's not, but it's fine for it. It's just a little thin. Yeah, and King of yeah. Tokyo is not that great either with their cards. Though. Well, those are thicker than that. Well, but... they're thicker, but they're still not that great <laughs> compared can. to like I don't know, like terraforming mars's finish yeah but we're not comparing it to terraforming mars. we're <laughs> yeah. comparing it to king of tokyo but that's just i a... could fan a deck of king of tokyo cards i can't do that with horrified hmm still we're calling that, it a wash that that tells you that the plastic coating is 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 solid and stands up all right well yeah, yeah. i'm still calling it a wash that's a just yeah, a I agree. slight I agree. yeah <laughs> it's the same as this, the standy right you know, yeah that's, that's about it uh, so game immersion. Does the game fit the category best? Does the theme match the mechanism? I think that one's King of Tokyo. I do too. I actually agree with you on this. Uh, King of Tokyo feels like you are a monster fighting, fighting each it other. out. Yeah. Yes, there is a lot of theme in the di- way the different monsters do uh, that that you have to deal with in Horrified. But the action selection—it's all about timing. Yeah, it feels it feels spot on. It makes sense. But I don't feel like I'm defending a town. I feel like I'm bringing an item to complete yeah, an objective. Yeah, it's a pick up and deliver, yeah. Yeah, whereas King of Tokyo, I, I feel like I'm I chucking like, it out. I feel like you need to back off <laughs> while I get some points here, and I'm going to punch you in the face if you don't. So, uh, memorable not, moments? Not directly to you. I'm yeah. just saying, like... You, know, you would lose that fight. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm clarifying for our viewers at home who, who have never... Who have only listened to the audio podcast? Daniel's a much bigger guy than I. <laughs> Let's yeah. just be clear about that. No, um, uh, I'm about <laughs> memorable um, six moments. foot and about a hundred pounds, so yeah, a few inches and about a hundred and fifty pounds more than you. And I lift fridges all day. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> where I don't. So, player interaction. Um, I I think that goes to King of Tokyo. I feel like the the theme matches I, the mechanism. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, as much Memorable as it pains moments, me, I think it doesn't matter. King of Tokyo moves on and is our champion. That's right. Now, of course, with the caveat, you and I both like horrified more. Oh yeah, but that that's the reason why we do this criteria. We uh, take yeah. our bias out of that's it. Right. In fact, I think I like King of Tokyo more than you do, and right. I would prefer playing horrified. Yeah, and and see, out of everything else, I'm glad we're just all in agreement that. Uh, Castle Panic is just the easier game. <laughs> I have to do a callback. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. That, uh, the also, I want to let you know, oh, King yeah. of Tokyo, horrified, three-point spread, 
Which yeah. uh, I, I had written down 38 to 35. It's actually 39 to 36. Horrified was our number one vote getter yeah, at 39. Yeah, King Turkey at 36. So it was very, so very close. They were very close. So yeah. it only made sense that these were that these were the <laughs> top two. Um, now, of course, if Monster Expedition or no, what were yours? If um, you know, it's funny. Ascension or any of those were over included, Boss, or Godzilla. Uh, honestly. I'd play Ascension over most of these, except for Horrified. I'd probably play Ascension over Castle Panic, but that's just barely, because I just think it's a better two-player game. Yeah. That's uh, I do have to say one thing, and I just thought of it because I looked in the screen over here. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Lost Ruins of Arnak in the monster category? They have monsters. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you so much for <laughs> listening to our podcast today. Gamma. Gamma is the keyword. So, definitely... Once again, last chance. This is our last episode before before we go to on that camera trip. Get that email in as soon as you. Um, as also, soon as you just can. a reminder: uh, we are changing it to instead of uh, tw- uh, the twelfth of midnight, 13th. you have to the thirteenth. It gives yeah. the uh, audio listeners just a little bit more time. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. But by all means, like, don't wait on it. Listen to the podcast. Do it. Um, and it, it tells me when you email it, so I know the time. Right. So we know. Yeah, we'll, we will timestamp it. We'll be nice, but still. Get it done, so that way we can get give out this game to a lucky viewer. Yep. With that being said, um, if you ever want to join us on a live episode, like any of our viewers today, or any uh, of our viewers in the past who have joined in on our conversation, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, and also remember to follow us there as a free ticket and your chance to win Horrified American Monsters. As well as you can find us, uh, our all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as if you subscribe, that's another ticket. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And then also, if you if you want to contact us directly or say hi or enter in our chance to win a copy of Horrified American Monsters, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. If you want to enter the contest, in the subject line, put Horrified. In the body, put your name and our keyword, Gamma. And finally, you can also get in contact with us and follow us on our Twitter account at EBG Podcast. That is another token for you to get into this giveaway. That's right. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Everyday Board Games. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.